the jury. The prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. Welcome to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Folks, we're coming to you live from our radio and television studios located in beautiful but blustery northwest Pennsylvania. We broadcast live each and every weeknight, Monday through Friday, that is, from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. We can be heard at our flagship network. That's the Global Star Radio Network. We also simulcast on Blog Talk Radio. That's BTR. You can watch us live and by archive on the on our YouTube channel, which is our official YouTube channel. Folks, just go to HagmanandHagman.com. There you're going to find uh, just a wonderful navigation tool on the right-hand side. On the top right, it'll take you to anything you, any place you want to go in terms of our show, our websites, and then scroll down for the uh, archived content. And while I'm talking about websites, folks, uh, we do have the three websites. We have the Hagman, we have HagmanandHagman.com. That's HagmanandHagman.com. That's our show. That's our that's our show website. And then we've got HagmanReport.com. There you can find news, information, analysis, and even um, educational or informative videos and uh, updates, news updates in the form of videos. And also, on my little corner of the Internet is HomelandSecurityUS.com. That's HomelandSecurityUS.com. Um, now I'm Doug Hagman at the helm with fellow investigator researcher, and of course, most importantly, my son Joe Hagman. Together, we are the Hagman and Hagman Report, what I like to call America's premier father-son investigative reporting team. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for all of the emails you've sent all throughout the weekend, um, all of the postal mail that we've gotten. I've read, we've read. It's just, uh, it's incredible. Thank you so very much. And we do read every piece of mail, whether it's hard copy or email. We do make sure. We read it. Now, we do dig deep into the topics that the captured mass media won't, don't, and uh, refuse to do. We look at the conspiratorial side of, uh, well, the reality side, the, the news behind the headlines. That's what we do. We don't adhere to the uh, uh, coincidence theory of geopolitical history and events, which brings me to... Before even I bring Joe on here, which brings me to a topic that I want to address. Um, well, even before we get into the broadcast tonight, I, I do want to mention that tonight's broadcast portions of it brought to you by Heaven's Harvest. Uh, that's right, Heaven's Harvest. Folks, go to HagmanSeeds.com. That's HagmanSeeds.com. You want to seal up your future. You, you want to make sure that you've got food for the future. Uh, think about seeds, all right? Think about seeds not necessarily for planting this season, but for storing and planting later. They have seeds the way God intended, non-GMO, carefully developed, uh, uh, to be hardy, productive, and produce more seeds, not like the GMO or many modern, even hybrid seeds. This is a one-time kit for a lifetime of food. That's Heaven's Harvest and HagmanSeeds.com. Just go to Hagman and Hagman. 
or the link directly to their website. But before even I bring Joe on, I just want to um, update you on a couple of issues. Um, we do have a, a great show for you lined up for tonight. Russ Dizdar will be joining us momentarily. Uh, a couple of things. Now, uh, of course, uh, on Friday night, Saturday morning, during the night, uh, Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia passed away at a, at a ranch in uh, Cibolo, Texas. This is about three and a half hours south of El Paso. Pretty remote location. Now, I did actually two two videos that are up on our YouTube channel. One is a four-minute college of knowledge, uh, four-minute module, if you will, that addresses... It gives you a little bit of background for about the Supreme Court, the history there, and also um, the nomination process. How, you know what how the nomination process go, goes. It's only it's only like I said, under four minutes or about under five minutes. That is around five minutes in length. And I also did another video relating to the death of uh, Mr. Scalia. And before I even address that, I just want to address one minor imperfection on the on the video. I did mispronounce his first name. And boy, do I, did I hear about that. So for every individual out there who hasn't a problem with my mispronunciation of his first name, it was not done intentional. I did, I did actually do that video at about 3.30 this morning after being pretty much awake for the entire weekend following the information about this, uh, about his death. So if you can do a better job, go for it. If you want to leave me a message about this, the pronunciation of his first name, I'm not going to post your comment or allow it to be posted, just as an FYI. Uh, and speaking about that, too, if you do use vulgarity in your postings, we're not going to, we're not going to post it. So um, save your typing or go somewhere else. But um, the video itself addresses some issues. I really think that we need to... Uh, regardless of regardless of the circumstances, regardless of whether you believe or it is believed, or there's a consensus that he died natural natural causes or from a heart ailment, regardless whatever you believe, it doesn't matter. You see, it doesn't matter what you believe, it doesn't matter what I believe, it doesn't matter what uh, Joe Blow believes, it doesn't matter because here's what matters: the truth doesn't matter. Well, no, the truth does matter, not in, but not yeah, to them, right? Yeah. But 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 here's here's the issue. The tr- you're right. The, I mean, to them, the truth doesn't matter. You see, I've I've been present. I've responded to, and this is back thirty years ago. Responded to, or within during my career, I've responded to scenes, unidentified uh, death scenes, and there is a protocol one follows. If someone passes away and the death is unattended, uh, there is a protocol that must be followed. I don't care if it's Texas or Idaho, Florida or Pennsylvania. You follow a specific protocol. Deviation from that protocol cultivates conspiracy theories, and, and perhaps that's the wrong way of saying it. Deviation from that pro- protocol certainly raises legitimate questions that many will term conspiracy theories. So I say that to say this. 
the protocol was not followed as far as the death of this Supreme Court justice. Right. There were many oddities surrounding this. Right. Specifically, the uh, breaking of standard operating procedure. That's correct. And I do address this in that video. Um, it's it's about 18 minutes long. It does go into the information. Now, now I learned of this. It's interesting because I learned of the, the, his death by a phone call that was pretty much concurrent with the um, uh, local news. And I say local, I'm talking about Texas news breaking uh, breaking the story, which was uh, right around... Uh, about 4 o'clock Eastern Time on Saturday. Now, having said that, uh, nothing hit the hit the wires, and I was going to post something about it, and I decided to sit back and wait just to see how things were uh, things were playing out. And it's interesting because the initial report that that I received here at my office was the fact that there was a pillow covering the face, and I'm saying face deliberately as opposed to head. Uh, of this Supreme Court Justice, Mr. Scalia. He was found by John Poindexter and a friend of Mr. Scalia's in his bed uh, in a position of repose, supine, face up, that is, on the top of the bed uh, with a pillow over his head, meaning over his face, not above his head. Right. Not between the head and the headboard. <laughs> It wouldn't be worth a mention, right? And and I and I want to drive this point home in case I didn't do that in the video to to mention that that's a little bit weird. All right, no matter how you look at it, as a first responder walking into a a a death scene like that, presumably untouched or even touched. At that point, the tape would be going up or should have gone up, and people should have responded to that location. When I say people, I'm talking about law enforcement to that location, absolutely sealed that location. Yeah, police, crime scene investigation units. That's right. And especially, especially given the fact that we're talking about a Supreme Court justice, because all I heard this weekend was Pelican Brief, Pelican Brief, Pelican Brief, Pelican Brief. I get it, folks. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, Joe, it's glad. I'm. Um, thanks for. I did. I should have brought you on before, but sorry no, about that. No, that's all right. But but, but he, a very strange weekend with this story. Yes. Yes. And a lot out of place. Just on the front left side of Drudge, uh, you know, Scalia dead with pillow overhead. Uh, it wasn't a heart attack. Declined security detail while at ranch, which is the with the hotel ranch they were staying at. No, I, I can I can see that. Uh, autopsy not necessary. <laughs> no, I can't see that. <laughs> right. I mean, and like I said, these are just some of the the headlines that are on the um, on the left hand side of Drudge, and uh, you know it says, but the officials debating under a uh, autopsy not necessary. Yeah, not there would be no debate. Autop- I'm right. sorry. There, there should have been no debate. The, so it wasn't a heart attack. If it wasn't a heart attack. And there was a pillow well, over. They, they can't even tell that, Joe. Right. They, they cannot rule a heart attack Until out. Do have an autopsy? Right. And but with the just with the pillow over the face. Well, okay. Now think about this. All right, because and let's say if if he was 
Was his pillow hands was on the pillow. I mean, no, the, his hands. Now the information. I the, the, there was two sources, and I just want to clear this up. And I don't want to keep Russ waiting, but but I, I do think this is important. There were two sources that that I was in contact with. One was a reporter from the news station. I'm not going to disclose which one. He asked me not to, so I, I'm fine. Uh, who was reporting on this story locally? And the second source I, I received was from Washington, who got this information pretty quickly, I might add, and was on the phone to me uh, telling me what he knew. So there's two different sources. Um, but his his arms were on his chest. He was laid out. Now, I, I, I was unable to get specifics about the clothing he was wearing, although he was fully clothed. It, it was, they said his, uh, his bed... Uh, bed clothes? Bed clothes were, okay. were unwrinkled. All right. That's fine. Um, However, well, all right, I, I, I do have some other information. I'm just not sure what to do with it. I haven't been able to confirm this. Um, however, uh, well, I'll just tell you the, the other information was there, there was no evidence of, like, clothes, the change of clothes being done. So I don't know whether he put them away or, or what the deal was at the time. I wasn't there, and, and that's the thing. No one was there. No one in the in the media was there to to say what happened, to speculate. We can speculate all day long. Doesn't mean we're right. But but here's the point I want to make. All right, you've got a, a very important person, a VIP, truthfully. Uh, and also you've got a man who is really the deciding the deciding factor in cases significant cases before the Supreme Court right now all right now if um if you go to scotusblog.com that's scotusblog.com there are three very talented writers there I'll tell you it tells you all about um pretty much the um uh, what happens to the cases that are pending before the court. Generally speaking, if there is a tie, for example, uh, during this this uh, uh, lack of uh, a majority, if there's a tie, then chances are the cases will be re-argued, but included in the cases... You're looking at Second Amendment rights. You're looking at abortion rights. You're looking at a number of or abortion, uh, um, yeah, abortion rights. Which uh, that saying that just drives me batty. But but you get the idea. There are some important cases there. Now the other um, aspect of this is the recess appointment. Now I I know on Fox News I had three TVs going uh, in in my office at the same time. Boy, trying to, you know, I had the closed caption on, trying to watch everything at the same time. And uh, I was on the Internet watching the Twitter feed. But uh, it's interesting because there's a divide about the, um, there's difference, uh, differences of opinion with respect to the um, a recess appointment. Uh, yeah. For example, can, can a Obama. president. Yes. Well, no, not lame duck. But can Obama, uh, Joe, can, can Obama appoint. Uh, or nominate, not appoint, but nominate someone to, to or well, actually appoint it would be and I, during a recess. I heard arguments that the Democrats uh, stopped similar proceedings under Bush when he was his last term in office. Am I correct in that? No. Well, you had a couple of situations. Um, just go ahead and then go over some. 
I, I screwed up here. Um, go, go over some facts here, and, I, and I'm going to grab my notes that are in my office. All right. Uh, okay. So d- d- just be, well, we're going to just hang on with Russ just for a moment. Uh, just keep him comfortable, and, and let me get my notes. And I would just because there was one thing I I wanted to mention. Well, all right. I'm going to bring Russ on while you get your notes, and then okay. when you come back, we will uh, right. see what you have uh, written down there. Uh, but we're going to bring on Russ right now, folks. Um, right before our radio show on Global Star Radio Network is uh, Russ Dizdar's show. Uh, his, his website, ChatterTheDarkness.net, Ragged Edge Radio, <clears throat> is the the Ragged Edge Radio is the name of his radio show. He's also an author and a speaker, as well as a deliverance minister and so much more. Uh, his book, The Black Awakening, Rise of the Satanic Super Soldier, The Coming Chaos, is a great read, fantastic read. And not only have we had the pleasure of... Uh, meeting Russ several times and, and interviewing him on our show several times. We've done uh, a number of conferences with Russ, um, and he is the real deal. You talk about spiritual warfare. You talk about the battle uh, for the soul between Satan and Jesus that is taking place on our earth. Um, Russ is an expert in this area, not only in the uh, theological sense of biblical prophecy, uh, scripture, and interpretation, but in real life dealing with the demonic aspect of the spiritual warfare battle, the SRA victims, satanic ritual abuse, and working with police officers in many of these cases. Now, before we bring Russ on, my dad's back with his notes. Yeah, I just want to say this. I'm not going to take the time away from Russ. What I will do, ladies and gentlemen, is I will do one more video uh, to go over the recess appointment, or the recess uh, appointments, the history there, uh, history of that, the uh, the fact that uh, uh, go over the historical Supreme Court vacancies and presidential election years, and also the cases that are pending before the court that will lead to reargument, perhaps not reaffirmation. So the bottom line is. Um, the camera stuck on me because Eric's mouse. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I've got some additional power. And you want to sit over here? <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I've got some additional power. How do you like this? Live television. You can't beat it. Yeah, he knows where the power is. Anyway, the um, so I, I, I'll do it. I'll do a, a live or I'll do a video on this uh, rather than take up Russ's time because we got a lot of information and, and yeah. a lot of stuff to get into. And in fact, Russ can even address this and his thoughts about how this will affect the trajectory of the United States and what this is and all that, so our good friend Russ Dizdar. Yeah, fresh off his own radio show. Russ, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Great to be with you tonight. Big uh, big happenings everywhere, and uh, thank you for uh, being out there doing what you do. Glad to be with you tonight. Tell you, man, you're. Um, I, we we just we caught your show as usual. We had we turn on your show before our show. Yeah, and and folks, uh, Russ Dizdar on the Global Star Radio Network, and also Shatter his website ShatterTheDarkness.net. Um, all through the Black Awakening, and just I, I just love hearing your show right before ours. It really gets us in the, in the uh, uh, it really gets us pumped up. But uh, what do you see happening, Russ? What's going on here? I mean, so many things going on between the war in the Middle East and domestic problems, and the economy taking a taking a dive, and everyone being all kinds of 
moody. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's uh, you know it's 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 part of the signs of the times. I mean, we we you know there's a spiritual perspective by which our eyes are lit up to see, and we see there's confusion, there's back and forth, there's the battle, and so right now, I mean, look at the political field right now and all the battle that's going on, and and how absolutely different. I mean, we we're looking at massive extremes right now. And then all of a sudden this occurs in the middle of it all, and then it comes with some conspiracy behind it. And we, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, you know where I'm at on the subject concerning, you know, the present leadership that we see that has lent itself not towards socialism, but globalism, Luciferic globalism, I believe. That's my pers- perspective because it opens the door in that direction. There's been more done for that. So the policies, as you mentioned, Doug, are, those are all, again, heavy duty things that, that we're up in the air about. Uh, this is a kind of back and forth and back and forth. And I just mentioned on the, on the Ragged Edge earlier, you know, uh, we got 30 nations, two superpowers, they can't stop ISIS. You've got, um, in the United States, the drug world and what's going on there and the, and the hundreds of deaths. I was, I was literally in your backyard over the weekend. And I uh, was listening to one of the individuals talk about how many hundreds of kids have died of the heroin drugs drug stuff. So, looking at all of it, it is part of the um, it is the signs that there is a spiritual, chaotic, violent uh, backdrop. And so we're seeing the physical effects, and everybody understands this. It seems like nobody can stop it, and that it's out of control. That's what I see. All right. Well, I, I've got to ask you something, and if if I can kind of go back in time, because I one thing that I've well, both Joe and I have been researching, and this keeps bumping. We keep bumping into this issue, this matter, this um, topic all of the time, and, and that is this. The and we have a lot of new listeners tonight. In fact, uh, many from Western Europe as well as Central America and. Uh, the Pacific Northwest, actually. So, having said that, um, we keep running into the Nazi ideology uh, that is kind of the forerunner to what we're seeing today, especially here in the United States as well as in Europe. Can you address that? I mean, how how pervasive is the? And I know you've done this before, Russ, and I apologize for the redundancy, but I think it's important because I'm just seeing more and more. Of this Nazi-esque behavior, uh, both Joe and I are. We remarked today about this uh, this underlie underlayment of, of of Nazi theology, or the you know, you know where I'm going with this. Sure. No, I do. I know exactly where you're going. I, I you know, because sometimes I'll look at, uh, you know, we look at Scripture, Genesis chapter 3, the fallen cherub enters in and engages humanity. Well, that's the same presence thousands of years later. You know, Matthew chapter 4 engages Jesus directly. Same presence that we're dealing with. Same, you know, so outside of seeing that, then then the world is going to be kind of in a tizzy and sing its songs and, and cry about things and, and not understand why. And then you're correct, Doug. I mean, this whole Nazi you know, this is a big because I believe the presence that was behind the fall of the human race, the presence that engaged Jesus there in Matthew four, uh, the very presence he came to bring destruction to, that's leading the way on a global scale, is the presence that guided, charged, demonically charged ideology of of the Nazis. And it, look what it did. That, that broad deception led to a massive, massive destruction. 
Now, why is it still around 70 years later? Look at all the people out right now writing books, doing the stuff. Hitler never died at the bunker, which I don't believe he did die. Uh, we believe that for years that he did not die at the bunker, that he had you know numerous plans to escape. And here's the issue. The reason why the the Nazi issue comes right back is because the presence that developed it is the same presence developing the global picture. Um, if you say uh, the regional Nazis back in the 40s, now we're saying the global Nazi issue. Because after the war... Doug and Joe, the, the the Nazis, the rat lines, you know, went through the Catholic system worldwide. It went, uh, they went all over the world. The rat lines, I mean, they went everywhere. And of course, you know, even when you study on the rat lines, you can't even find out where you know a lot of them got away. I mean, they just got away all over the place. We were down two two and a half weeks ago. We have been digging and digging and digging, as you know, we do, and we we engaged. Um, the 87-year-old Nazi, I believe, a little Nazi nest nest of individuals where where the people you're talking about, they've been operative. Listen, unless a Nazi repents and gets out and comes to Christ, guess what? I think they're, you know, the 80-year-old the ones, the old ones, they're still doing it. Um, and so I think that you're seeing that. I mean, here's, I'll just bring it in, the, the whole satanic ritual abuse issue. Now, if we just use the term satanic ritual abuse and, and DID, MPD, and all that, we're using the public, you know, terminology. It doesn't scratch the surface of what this is. Now, which should be considered the extenu you know, the extending of the of the of the master race issue, the Himmler Hitler, the spiritually driven idea of hybrid super soldiers, um, very powerful super to do what? Well, to to win the world and and, and then to um, enforce a one thousand year right, and that's what that was all about. That was a spiritually driven. Ideology in which they began to have Lebensborn, all the camp, all these areas where they were doing spiritual selected birth. That's what modern satanic ritual abuse is that. It's the extenuation. If you meet any of the first generations, uh, of, of this, of this project, they're between the ages of 55 and 68, 69, maybe even 70 now. And uh, they all have German-speaking parts. They all have German-speaking splitters, programmers, people of the covens. This goes back to them. And 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 Doug, Joe, there's in our estimation of first generation that would have began in the 50s all over the world. There's what we believe now, uh, 40 million of them on a worldwide scale. And then they had kids. And then their kids had kids. And then their kids had kids. We're, we're now engaging four-generation chosen ones. So the estimation, in our view, because they're not just in every city, in every location, in your city, in your township, everyone in the United States, they're in Canada, Australia, New Zealand. You know, we said, we've said this before. It's a global phenomenon. And we could sit back and say, how did this happen? Why is this, you know, why, you know, why? Well, we track backwards for years and years and years and years and years. We're still doing that to this day. We did it all this last month. We were in your backyard, um, and we engaged up in your backyard area. <laughs> and he, this, this guy was 87 years old. And we're looking for a kid in a cage, a fourth generation that they're raising up. We're dealing with others up there. <laughs> and um, it, it, so the, the Nazi spiritually given spiritual charge ideology is all about 
a chaos and a new order. It's all about uh, the the rise of a dark satanic system. And it hasn't gone away because the presence behind it, it hasn't gone away. Any more mm-hmm. than when, you know, the fallen cherub of Genesis 3, he's the same exact being in, in Matthew 4. He's the exact same being in First, you know, Peter chapter 5 that we have to deal with. He's the exact same being. We read the book of Revelation. Uh, so the the spiritual side, which is solid and real, we need to quit thinking that it's like Casper the Ghost, it's unreal, that it's clouds. We're talking right. about, you know, hundreds of millions of ancient beings that are highly organized by design, doing what they're doing in the targeting of the political, the economic, the military, and the uh, the building of a global. This is Revelation 12, the 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 declaration that God gave and showed and exposed a global a global order, and and we see the signs. We all talk about the signs, but we as we keep stepping back, uh, all of this leads down to the roof of Hell's Kitchen, where it all originates. Mm. Okay, all right. Now, without give, I just got to ask this without giving away anything on air or anything at all. Is that the continuation of the issue that uh, the, that I'm I'm familiar with, or is this something new? No, it's it's the continuation, and it's just okay. gotten. We found new, we found new locations, new individuals. It's broader. It's uh, wow. Yeah, we're we're finding more. And matter of fact, when we were up there, we were up there for about eight hours, almost nine hours the other day. We were coming back on that massive storm on I on the ninety. Uh, we had to oh, stop yeah. and, and yeah, we had to stop and pull off, and we couldn't see. I couldn't see three feet in front of us at times. Man. But uh, we were there for all day, and it, again, all about victims from the. We have a victim that's a second generation. We we. We got uh, it's very extensive, and I know when we get together, we'll talk about it. But yeah, exactly in your backyard, and we met some other individuals that knew some of the players. Um, that uh, let me just say again, the players that I believe are involved in some of the most horrendous acts of ritual abuse, human trafficking, um, and and a part of this whole thing. It's it's the underground, and uh, um, but it, mm-hmm. but it, but but this underground. And as we try, whether we go to Lisbon, Ohio, whether we, when we went to Vadelsburg, when we went to Vadelsburg, the castle there, and I told you this before, uh, when we were in, they, they, they kind of put you in a room to watch a film on Himmler, and they do say that he was wrong and evil and, and so forth. That, that's one thing I'll give them. But the other, the thing they don't, they, they don't reveal is that the castle is still being used, and that we engage chosen ones there. The Colonel Michael Aquino did rituals there, and that others are doing it there. It's very dark still there. And they were going to rule the world from that spot at one day. That's where they were going to rule the entire world, one thousand year rights from from that spot. And it's still an active. Some believe one of the most powerful portholes to hell, right there, in Vadelsburg. Amazing. Well, speaking of portals to hell, um, are, are we are we witnessing now with CERN and, and other, well, regardless, I mean, are we witnessing uh, the attempts to recreate or the actual recreation of portals or creation of portals? Is, is that something that uh, because we we have we've had people on talking about CERN and and you know what their real agenda is and and of course um, you know we know the history behind the. Uh, uh, Third Reich and the, the Nazis and their attempts to to open up uh, portals, but are we seeing that today? I mean, is that what's going on? 
Sure, because it, it, it brings in a few factors. Once you study this place, it's kind of bizarre and I don't believe that it was created for what they're talking, you know, what they, what they're talking about. That's a public thing because millions of dollars, 6,000 scientists and so forth. Um, I don't believe that, that the public discussions is the only thing that it was created for. Uh, you know, they have a, they have the deity of destruction there. And, and so when I did the series on this years ago too, I, I, I dealt with the fact of the spiritual side of this. The, um, the, the scientists that I quoted straight from CERN itself that said he's afraid that we're going to open up, um, portholes or, or what he called black holes and never be able to shut them and bring a devastating destruction to the human, human race. Now, I know we're not going to have a devastation to the human race because biblical prophecy tells us how it will come out but it but but we do have something that's been developed that has the clear capacity to open up other dimensions and he, I'm just giving you my opinion now I believe spiritually they were guided I believe they were guided in the development of the technologies this was proclaimed in 1937 Alice Bailey externalization of the hierarchy the demonic entity that engaged her fused in her and dictated the writings, literally demonic writings, they foretold their agenda to combine their spiritual uh, evolution with the scientists and the technicians to develop the 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 science, the the tech, the tech that can open the door and bring down the veil, so that side and this side, you know, be you know wide open to each other. So you've you've got what I believe, and I think anybody that knows Alice Bailey, and especially the book, the externalization of the hierarchy, that is a um, that is a word for word dictated demonically, you know, empowered writing, Dadake Demonoya, and it is um, it is it is it's it's their um, it, it's really a revelation of their 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 agenda. So I do believe that technology and dark side spirituality has been guiding, just like just like guiding political guiding. Uh, in the in, and here's what we have to really look at: the weapons development, planetary defense weapon systems. But this here, CERN could be used for a couple of things. One, it's very clear that I think it could be could be a tool to open the abyss. Because it's clear in Revelation 9 that side opens it. They get the keys. They get the authority. They get the ability. They get the ability to open it. They want to open it. Second, it can also be a tool that uh, they might want to use in, in, in when it comes to Armageddon. Because the the culmination of all of this is Revelation 19.19. 19, when the super political military, the, the new, this whole order is going to gather together and, and the whole issue is raising their weapons. And I don't believe they're going to just, you know, use, um, you know, current military stuff, uh, even particle beams and late chemical lasers and things like that. I think it's going to go beyond that. They're going to have super tech, uh, spiritually guided super technologies, uh, because they're talking about trying to stop the descent. Of Christ, that's Revelation. I mean, we can we can all Christians really know Revelation 19 in reference to the visible return of Christ, but they've really really missed verse 19, in which the 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 Antichrist, the Beast, the Theron, the Hybrid, in my view, uh, he gets on the field with his armies from around the world. This goes to Revelation 16, where they do this releasing of demons on a planetary level to draw the kings of the earth. So the, it is a Armageddon is a massive spiritual event, and uh, and the tools and weaponries and whatever everything they're going to have is going to be aimed. They've come, they've gathered for one reason, Doug and Joe. They've gathered to make war, to unleash war. 
uh, to bring destruction. They're going to try to kill. They're going to try to destroy. They're going to try to blow out of the skies Christ as he's visibly descending. Now, again, we read the story, and the the word of God is infallible, and, and no prophecy has ever been um, inhibited or altered by the dark side. But they're going to try. And so what you see now is a development towards some of those. Like, say, look, look at the uh, surveillance technologies. Look, look at a lot of the technologies that are developing have to be assimilated, acquired by an order that is going to have the ability to control the world. Hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely correct. I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, they have the <clears throat> complete the new world order uh, in this dream of a utopian society through a false peace and security system. They're going to need to do this through a complete control system, through a uh, the, the dreamed-about totalitarian model of government. Uh, the George Orwell 1984, every single person is under control, every move of every person is under control. And they have been uh, subtly, now overtly, implementing and have done so through law, through the technology, and all but actually using the population of, of the world uh, to be a part of it. All of the infrastructure is there. They just need the people to agree and go along with that. And for those reasons, they need a proper event or uh, things need to happen in a certain way for them to get the compliance of the people. As we see, the, the church has no problem conforming to the world as it is now, and they've gotten them on the moral issues. It's not going to be hard for them to get them on the uh, issue of, of taking the mark of the beast if they can get them to accept gay marriage and um, other Immoralities that are or abominations we see in the scriptures. Agreed. Well, I look at you know, and you and you mentioned you know, the gay marriage issue, and and again, we've only touched the surface now because necrophilia is coming next, pedophilia is coming next, um, the sexual addictions and the twisting, the the decadence, because they're claiming the same rights, they're claiming the same emotional you know need, the the same the, even necrophiliacs uh, are saying that they have a sacred right. Um, and so they're going to press the law issue also. Now, when you look in Revelation towards like the, you know, you're, we're talking the fifth year in, you know, we're talking really into the very last of the last few years. When God engages the world to repent, and they here's what they won't repent of. Their, their worship of demons, the pharmakia, the drug world, and the sexual decadence that in, that's pretty much inseparable from the demonic activity. You're, you're seeing, and see, if we see that on the in the near future, on a global scale, well, then we step back to now and we say, look at sleep paralysis, the ultimate goal of the thousands upon hundreds of thousand cases worldwide. The demons not only want to uh, visit people in a room, paralyze them, hold them down, but uh, they're all confessing what we've known for years, uh, that it's a sexual activity, sex magic. In the satanic ritual abuse scenario worldwide, all four generations, it's birthed in s demon sexual activity. There is sex magic in on all of that. Well, then we back up a little bit further. The Second Thessalonians two. We read about the coming of the lawless one, the Antichrist, uh, Anthroposanamos. We read about the apocalypse of him coming. We read that Satan is already at work in the process of that through counterfeiter, the Greek word pseudo, signs, wonders, and miracles. This means a unbelievable amount of supernaturalism from the dark side. 
Then it says this, and in every kind of evil, every kind of wickedness. That word is related to sexual decadence. So in Satan's plot to deceive the world, to grab billions, includes a drawing them down into the sexual decadence. So because, and here's what, here's what the, any, any left-hand pathor will know this. Any underground Satanist, real Luciferian Satanist will know this. Sexual decadence helps dirty the human construct and prepare it for demonic acquisition. That, that was a mouthful, but okay. So, so, so immorality in the violation of God's biblical laws. Sexual immorality, specifically. Right, right. Um, right. It opens the doors and the pathways personally. Sure. To the uh, demonic. Sure, because you think in terms of sexual addictions, addictions right now, and and, and I know we're we're seeing what, what the world's not hearing. Those there's tens of thousands of gays that have left that lifestyle and they've gotten free. They've broken free because it's not a a, a natural order. You know, the biological, the physiological is very clear. It's abnormal in every way, let alone procre- procreation. But on the heels of this, and we've been trying to say this for years too now, is uh, across the board globally is the necrophilia. You know, the, the necrophilia is here. Um, it, it is, I mean, there's a book called the Necromantic Ritual Book. Uh, don't recommend anybody to get it, but it's uh, written by a person that has done. You know, that, that here's their their declarations um, that it's sacred, that it's love, that it's enjoyment, that it's arousal, that it's. And they're talking about having sex with the dead. Now, this is this goes all the way back to Sumer. This goes back to the Old Testament. This is what they were dealing with. All those nations that God had to pull Israel away, they got sucked in again and again and again to nations. Did they have pharmacon? Sure. Did they have the kind of drugs that opened the door to the spirits? Yes. Did they get involved in sex magic with the K, the, the real stuff? Yes. Alistair Crowley. The, the entire underworld. Um, so, I mean, just, I mean... Anyone that's out sinning sexually, we, they, you know, it, it, it opens a door. I mean, it really does open a door ultimately down the road. Uh, I, I'm saying that it, that it brings a guilty conscience. It brings a lot of things in. It brings dysfunction. It brings, you know, you reap what you sow. It brings a lot of things to it, uh, especially those who get addicted because it involves a, it, the Hebrew word yada, that, that, that Cain knew his wife. Or I'm sorry, that Adam knew his wife. He knew her. Uh, we're talking about the most intimate way of knowing. And there is this incredible God's gift, sexuality, for procreation and for pleasure. That's Song of Solomon. I mean, God created it for a good thing, an enjoyment and pleasure and procreation, the power to bring about a living, another life. And And I think there is something spiritual about it, ultimately, because God created it. But now, in the... In the dark side's use of it, I, I do believe that all sin, Romans chapter 1, verse 18 down, it darkens understanding. It brings thinking that is futile. And so when anyone lives deeper and darker into sin itself, uh, their conscience, their perceptions, their abilities to see, their abilities to perceive is darkened. And then that does at some point open door. If you look at the satanic ritual calendar on, on a yearly basis, look how many sex rituals. They know that sexual decadence 
helps open the door, and they use sex rituals to receive and transfer demons into others. Mm. All right. It's kind of an anecdotal uh, issue. Uh, You mentioned the Hebrew word yada in reference to uh, sexual uh, activity or in- intimacy. It's interesting because those people who uh, who have watched the uh, uh, sitcom Seinfeld, for example, there there was actually an entire episode dedicated to yada, meaning, uh, well, it was used in the context of yada, 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 uh, to gloss over the underlayment there was was a sexual uh, or sexual tryst or sexual activity. And, and it's interesting to see, and the reason I mention this is because this is back in the 1990s now, during the Seinfeld uh, uh, heyday, when this episode aired, and of course air, being aired on repeats, but, but people are unaware, 99% of the people out there appear to be unaware of that usage of the, of the word and how this is gaining, or things like this, is gaining in popularity, cultural popularity in the current climate that, that in which we live so it's just it's just amazing when you start connecting the dots and, and i don't think it was by accident that that this was used in that context and i think it was just to um i mean i, th- I think there were multiple agendas with respect to that i just thought i'd throw that out there for people who aren't sure. aware of that you know i'm sure you're you're familiar with with that whole situation um yeah anyway uh wow okay so i uh, my goodness, and, and you know that also. And I, I keep we keep bumping into Babylon working with Parsons and uh, Marj that Marjorie uh, Cameron, I believe it was, and and how that branched off into, um, uh, well, if I can't say Scientology, or kind of glanced off of incorporate Scientology uh, ultimately uh, with that. So you know all of this. And I'm looking at this now, you know, from a larger cruising altitude here. So all of this is kind of interrelated. But man, the sexual deviance and decadence that you're talking about certainly a a huge issue. Um, and one thing too, Russ, let me ask you. Um, I heard it said, Joe, and, and you can jump in here too, because I heard it said. And in fact, I think you might have even had we we, we might have talked about this either on air, off air, or at some point, perhaps or even during a conference. Uh, illegitimate sexual activity with a person draws in demons both ways, I guess, with with the actors. And they, in turn, take those demons when they have sex with others, including inside of marriage, and pass demons back and forth. Is that a correct statement or assessment? Well, it sure is correct, and this is why um, I will go back to uh, John the Baptist. Notice something. He was filled with the Holy Spirit while in his mother's womb. There is a clear spiritual connection. I mean, you mentioned Jack Parsons. We can go to Aleister Crowley. We can go back again to to the Nazis, the Himmler-Hitler, the dream to um, create hybrids, or the they call the master race. They said the God-men. So they meant the hybrids, uh, the God-man. How are they going to do this? Backbreeding, a sexual selection that involved the ritual 
In the beginning, they were just like go to go to cemeteries, go to places that are you know where there can be possibility that you can you can pick up s- spiritual energy. I mean, people in tantra, people in certain areas, they they talk about it as of energy that's added to the sexual act. Well, the energy is inseparable from the entity. The entities emanate energy. They empower. That's where non-human enhancements in remote viewing and with the Nazis and with the you know in, in weaponizing these demonic. Uh, um, you know what they want. Their energy emanates from them, and that's their presence. And so uh, that occurs in the sexual act, in sex magic, in tantra, in in in, in many of the new age you know versions of it. But all of the occult you know versions, going back, yeah. you know, look at look at the nephilim. How were they created? The benai Elohim came down. They engaged. They took the daughters of men. How, you can't create a first-generation Nephilim without the sexual act. So that sexual act did breed uh, Nephilim. And then there were, down the road, second-generation Nephilim and others. I mean, they did take other women, and we can go to Numbers 13. So there's a clear picture from before um, you know, the, the flood, Genesis 6, that the dark side understands to, you know, to acquire, to take, and engage humanity sexually. One, uh, to reproduce an altered, transmuted being that they could uh, use in their fight against God. Uh, but it constantly, I mean, in the Old Testament Israel, I mean, it constantly plagued them uh, to be drawn off. And, and that's that's the picture only maybe a 10,000 times over of the end of the age. Uh, prophecy is the intel that God gives. And the three primary things that are going to grab billions of people, sexual decadence that they just simply can't get out of, because it might be that they've acquired demonic presence and that they are really addicted, they're really stuck, they're really uh they're just they're just they're just absolutely frozen in that outside of the deliverance of Jesus. Now that direct demon worship, pharmakia, those things are all centered together um and warned about in prior prophecies, let alone this is what we see in the world. Three top um money making things in the world as you and I probably know is uh the um Human trafficking is one of the most uh, one of the largest organized uh, uh, criminal activities in the world. Uh, The selling of arms is is, um, also uh, massively a a, you know a worldwide phenomena. But then uh, Mm -hmm. the pharmakia, the drug, the drug lords, it is it is a multi 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 billion billion dollar industry. And the drug pimps, uh, and I say it that way because they need to know who they are and they need to know that um, they are doing such astounding destruction for the sake of the monies and the greed and, and whatever else. But they don't, I don't think even, I don't even know if all of them understand. They are spiritually driven to, to, uh, based on the prophecy again of 2 Thessalonians 2. That prophecy includes Satan. When it says he's at work, it's, it's the word energes, meaning he's supernaturally operative to help blind and bring in and addict the world, not just to the supernatural counterfeit, but also to the immoral decadence that uh, keeps their hearts and minds uh, blinded and uh, futile, and uh, and and I think I think that's part of Second Corinthians four four. The God of the sage blinds the minds. Uh, that's part of His work. Man, when you look at things this way, 
and and folks our our guest is Russ Dizdar from Shatter the Darkness thought that when but when you look at things this way you can see where all of the cogs in this pretty nefarious machine are kind of working together and, and it, but but actually speeding up um and coming really rapidly together to where we're at now and will proceed to to move faster and, and greater I think uh, just based on what you said. You mentioned Nephilim. Folks, I, I'm going to direct you to shattertheDarkness.net. And then one of the, uh, one of the best times Joe and I had, uh, was with Russ Dizdar, uh, uh, Gary Stearman, uh, Chief Riverwind, uh, L.A. Marzulli. And that, that was at the, uh, third annual Nephilim Mounds Conference. It's now on DVD pre-order or order. Well, actually, orders are now shipping. You, I got to tell you, you're, you're going to just really get a lot out of this conference, out of this DVD set. Uh, go to shatterthedarkness.net. Order the third annual Nephilim Mounds Conference. You're going to learn so much. There, there was so much that we learned that, well, it, it, it's it's. More than mounds. How's that? More than mounds. <laughs> Joe, I, I, this was just a fabulous conference. Yeah, well, you know, so, uh, I just want to point that out and I didn't mean to inter, you know, interrupt your time there, Russ, but I just thought that was a marvelous conference. The amount of information that was imparted by, by you and, and others there, phenomenal. And how it relates to what we're seeing today. Just amazing. So folks, if you, if you weren't there or even if you were there, it's well worth the, five DVDs with the Q&A afterwards and we were fortunate enough to be a part of that and we thank Russ so much but uh, shatterthedarkness.net and of course you'll see the link to that particular um, DVD series Joe yeah uh, well with that we only have a, a few minutes left two minutes left at the top of the hour break um, while we have the short time Russ uh, I know that you're going to be a part of the Hear the Watchmen conference coming up here in March in uh, Dallas, March 18th through the 20th. What other conferences, if any, do you have lined up here in the near future? Sure, that's going to be an incredible one. I think they're close to a thousand uh, that are now going to be joined into that. The um, I'll be also at the Supernatural Crossroads conference in Indiana, the end of April, right up through Walpurgis night, by the way. Uh-huh. And uh, that's going to be, they, the, and the folks there want us to focus on the Nephilim issue too. I mean, the, the the Nephilim issue is not going away because it's part of the end times also, and and that we, you know, Gary Stearman did a great job going over the biblical Old Testament, and of course, L.A. goes after the the skulls, and, and Chief Riverwind comes in to talk about how all of the Native Indians fought the giant issue. But the Hitler issue and the end of days issue of hybrids and, and Godmen and altered beings, it's not over. So it's going to continue. So that's going to be the one in late April. And then uh, we're going to do, like we just did that one here, six-hour one, the spiritual warfare one, local, a one day. We're going to do three local ones uh, uh, that are going to be highly uh, involved in just training people. One is on the occult crime aspect. One is on the um, on prophecy that we're going to do locally. And then one is going to be in September on the healing aspects of uh, SRA, how they get out, how to come out of that darkness, and how to find salvation healing. Now we're talking to uh, uh, we're talking to the castle, the folks in um, Ed- Edinburgh, uh, England, about a conference in late September. Interesting. Wow, we're getting the hook uh, for the top of the hour, yeah. folks. We're with Russ Dizdar. His website: shatterthedarkness.net. 
his book, The Black Awakening, his radio show, The Ragged Edge Radio Show, right before our show here on Genesis Radio. Global Star (laughs) Radio Network. We'll be right back. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Hey, welcome back, folks, to this hour of this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Uh, Russ Dizdar, ShatterTheDarkness.net. That's his website, folks. Uh, visit his website, bookmark it. There's so much information. If you, you're listening to what Russ has to say. Now, uh, those watching on YouTube right now, watching us live, I'm going to hold up. Let's see, where is it here? Here we go. I'm going to hold up a couple of things. Number one is Russ Dizdar's book, The Black Awakening. This is a really a required read uh, for those people who are interested in this topic. And also, to go along with the online courses, the, the radio show as well as the online courses, Russ has got several workbooks, and these are well worth the money. The Black Awakening uh, workbook for the training course. And, of course, we have these as well. Um, the Spiritual Warfare, Volume 2, Stra- Strategic and Future. And uh, thirdly, the training course on the occult and satanic crimes. This is Satanic Rituals, SRA, and Occult Crimes, the Lucif- uh, Luciferic Agenda Workbook. And just amazing. When you, when, you, <laughs> when you use these workbooks in conjunction with the online training courses, it's just uh, uh, unbelievable what... You learn. So this is our very special guest, Mr. Russ Dizdar, a man I admire, respect, and uh, who's on the front lines of fighting this uh, th- this uh, epidemic, and, and it's reaching and has reached epidemic uh, levels. Uh, before we get back to Mr. Dizdar, folks, I want to just bring your attention, of course, to a fabulous website, a fabulous company, Heaven's Harvest. It is a company that specializes in part in long-term storable seeds, okay? Now, you know, when we talk about seeds, for example, it's amazing because many people think, well, you know, I, I have no intention to plant seeds uh, for the for the upcoming crop. Well, no. Most people who purchase these packages, the, the vast majority, uh, are not interested in we'll say healthy eating aspects of heirloom seeds right now, nor are they planting right right away. In fact, many really have no immediate plans to plant. So this is for you, for your preps. Think long-term, folks, and think about this. I mean, a head of cauliflower, for example, costs more than a gallon of gas in most areas. I mean, consider that. The FDA, they don't require food processors to tell us where our food comes from. No, they don't. What's even worse is some of these garden seeds that you purchase in stores, they've been crossed with bacteria known to kill certain insects, therefore making every cell in the plant a pesticide. It's a fact. You can't wash these pesticides off before eating. So by selling hybrid or genetically modified seeds, the major seed companies make more money. Knowing the farmer or whoever plants the seeds, they're going to have to go back and buy their chemically, um, their chemicals and, and seeds every season. So what is the answer? 
we've got the answer for you. Heaven's Harvest. Heaven's Harvest offers 38 different varieties of seeds to plant in your own garden. Heirloom or non-hybrid vegetable seeds have not been genetically modified or altered in any way. They have been used. These seeds have been used by gardeners and small farms for generations, and they're going to continue to grow a healthy plant year after year. These are the seeds by God's design. No alterations, no modifications, no pesticides, pure pure food. Folks, go to HagmanSeeds.com. That's HagmanSeeds.com. HagmanSeeds.com and order yours today. Get your heirloom kit and be secure for the future, for your family, for the unexpected. That's HagmanSeeds.com. Heaven's Harvest is the company, but they did create a little special area on our website or a little special website um, for this particular product we stand behind this product we really do it's a fantastic product and you'll you will be satisfied that's hagmanseeds.com heavens harvest is the company protect your future and become self-reliant tonight russ dizdar is our guest again his website is shattertherdarkness.net his radio show is on every day every weekday just an hour before ours, 6 to 7 Eastern Time, right here on Global Star Radio Network. <laughs> Same channel as us. Uh, Global Star Radio Network, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And as my dad said at the beginning of the show, every day in the studio, that broadcast is on before we come on air. And it's a pleasure to, to be able to listen to that every uh every day whether it's a rerun or it's a, a new show we always get something out of it with that we're going to bring back Russ Dizdar he is our guest tonight yeah and, and during the break folks uh, we are so fortunate to have Mr. Dizdar and, and um, folks we've talked about this on our show without Russ before but one of the uh, just if we if you look at the landscape the geopolitical landscape of the Middle East today and you see the Arab Spring, and you see the everything popping all at once, the Syria and all this. The origins of global jihad can be found back in World War One, World War Two, but more specifically, and most specifically, can be found in the Nazi, the National Socialist Party, but the Nazis, and the Nazi occult. Peter Lavenda uh, has written a series of books, the uh, a trilogy called Sinister Forces, but a couple of his more uh, relative or books that relate to what we're talking about, Unholy Alliance, Ratline, and uh, the Hitler or yeah, the Hitler Legacy, the Nazi cult in diaspora, how it was organized, how it was funded, and why it remains a threat to global security in this day and age. And right before the break, we were talking about Hitler. And, and the Nazis, the Nazis, Nazi occult. Russ, um, uh, Hitler, uh, just as a point of reference, my research certainly tells me, and I know yours does as well, that Hitler did not die, uh, in, in a bunker, uh, or outside of a bunker, or in the bunker. He was not, uh, buried and burned outside of the bunker. As, as a matter of fact, it just, just came recently, came to light that, uh, uh after the, follow the Soviet Union that it was all all a sham I mean that body that was unearthed outside of the bunker in 1945 was not Hitler in fact what the um, what they have at the uh, 
representing to be Hitler is, is actually the skeleton of a female. So that said, what the heck? <laughs> okay, I mean, what happened here? Sure. Well, I agree with you there. We, when we go back to the early 90s, even the late 80s, when we're dealing with these uh, undergrounders, as we called them back then, uh, we realized that all of them had German-speaking, highly programmed personalities. They all had that. They they uh, they were pro-Nazi in the sense of a the the old becoming new again, a, a resurrection or a return. So uh, when we we observed this in the underground, even the rituals and everything else related to it, we just we just kept tracking and tracking and tracking. And Doug, it just kept leading back to the fact that that um the individuals that we dealt with with the splitting the programming the program shooter assassins the um the demonization as we talked about the sexual rituals and so forth the alteration to create an ubaman um all of this goes back to them and 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 that's where it, that's where it really begins and because it was a spiritually uh, conceived and driven, I mean, the entities, the they called them non-human entities. They sat in the ritual chamber at Vailsburg, they called Valhalla, and sought to communicate with non-human entities. They had uh, sorcerers, Veligot, and many others, Dietrich Eckhart. They had folks that uh, really knew how. They, they, they believed in the power of the Vril, an energy force. They can draw on and again. I believe the energy that they were engaging was um, the emanation of the of the entities that were seeking to guide them. So as they were guided, they were guided to do everything in counterfeit to the biblical revelation. They wanted to create a you know a one thousand year Reich in counterfeit to a one thousand year millennium. They wanted to uh, rule the world. So everything we see there, we see uh, the trappings. And I, and like you, you know, I've, I've got a few hundred volumes on the Nazis and I've read psychologists, what they've written, historians. And for the most part, the majority did not scratch the surface of the occult side. And they didn't realize that, you know, entities could engage them. So as we look at this more and more, Nazi ideology was spiritual revelation. We could say simply demons, but I want you I want to qualify that by saying powerful fallen entities. They're demon in the sense of the nature and the intent, but they are also biblically called cosmocrater, archase, uh, the exousia, the porneus pneumonicae. That's all in Ephesians six. They're the different kinds of them, and they engage humanity. And so. What we saw back there, and, and if anybody reads the early days, even prior, just at the beginning of the rise of the Nazi ideology, they had necromancers at every cafe, every street corner, readers of the dead, the Thule Society, the other secret societies, the power of the dark side. I mean, they just began to, you know, as a whole, it's like that nation was enveloped. They were in pain. They lost World War One. They were in under treaties. They uh, they were uh, and and so as a broken, hurting, painful, bleeding nation, they opened wide uh, to a wrong presence. Uh, I remember the words of Squeaky Fromm that shot. Uh, I think it was President Ford. And the they were asked, you know, why she was involved in that shooting, and 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 she was because she was part of the she was part of the uh, Manson clan. 
and she they asked why she got involved with Manson and why she gave herself as a young beautiful little girl and she said a beaten dog will take food from whoever gives it to her you know to them so the idea that the Nazis and again knowing the dark side this is why I think and this is why I want to emphasize the biblical revelation of the dark side the, the satanic side uh, not only the origins the nature the method and the ultimately the agenda that most theology books most of the training books don't touch uh, it, but it's there God has given a massive revelation about their presence that's what opens our eyes to be able to discern and see um, their actual presence their actual markers when it comes to political, military, economic, the the agenda stuff. So they had an agenda that was dark side, uh, Satan, demons. They had an agenda that, um, well, we see the results. Well, simply they went worldwide. And I and I agree with you. I don't believe that Hitler died. I believe that he got out, like many, many others. Like in one report, 80,000 SS troops uh, if you look at modern day sexual abuse in the Catholic churches by the thousands and thousands worldwide, well, who are the 85 year old priests that had done it for 30, 40 years? They're old Nazis, where they were allowed to come in and they became fake priests and they built an order. The Catholic system, regardless of every other thing concerning it, has been extraordinarily, um, and, and by plot, um, Infiltrated in the sense that a a uh, that same order has developed, and so in the largest physical religious system in the world, the most uh, financed religious uh, institution in the world, the Catholic system, you have the Nazis that have just filtered in, and they've been there for sixty some years, and the old ones that some of you know many have died away, but many of those who are being taken to court and uh, and, and so forth. Uh, were old Nazis, and they were part of the Black Flame, as they called it. And it, right. it hasn't gone away; it's just it's just gone worldwide. Yeah, and you mentioned during the break that there are still investigations into um, the actual perpetrators uh, and the Nazis that happened back during World War II. That they're still looking, actively seeking participants, uh, Nazi participants in the concentration camps. Exactly. Even when we were over there in Auschwitz, I stood in Auschwitz a couple of years ago and talking with the uh, Polish um, uh, tour guide and talking to others and the dear friend that we met, he listened to our radio program and he simply called us over there. Merrick might be listening tonight and he, he, he's a great soul winner, a great believer and he took us to many places and he took us there. But once again this 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 um if we understand the ideology the dark side developed that ideology and brought that in and drew the folks in uh we see on the one hand the power that they had to do what they did on the and how advanced they were on the other hand we also saw that you see the destruction and we're dealing with one nation that developed this now we're dealing with, they went worldwide, all those thousands and thousands of leaders and those that got out, they went worldwide in the, in the end of the 40s and 50s and established themselves in Brazil, South America, South Africa, all around the world. And here's the interesting note, wherever they went through the Red Lions, wherever they, the Nazis went on a worldwide development, um, what we see 20, 25 years later the rise of the satanic ritual abuse victims. 
mm-hmm. inseparably connected to those places. So I'm saying, and, and, and this, this is our tracking back into Germany now, uh, a man named Otto Kreitz, he's probably 90 right now, a German. I, I was given a picture by a federal officer's wife, uh, an SRA, one of these SRAs. Again, when I say SRA, what I want to say is Satanic Chosen One or Master Race, because even with her, uh, it, again, we had, we had, you saw the video, um, of the two twins, the power they had, the quickness they had, and this kind of like super soldiers they were. The first time I ever saw that, you know, Journey into Madness uh, video that L.A. Marzulli showed, uh, the, when I first saw it, I immediately out of my mouth came this, well, I'll say her name now. She's, she's now passed her way. Her name is Margie, federal officer's wife. Her mother lives in, in Germany, Black Forest. She was one of the, she again, very powerful, supernaturally endowed in the sense. She had the powers of astraling out, remoting out, knowing things. You've got to remember that they wanted hybrids that in the process of backbreeding to the ancient Nephilim, the god blood, the god DNA they referred to, small g, they believed that in the blood then, in the DNA of the ones being developed, they would have the powers of clairvoyance, telekinesis. They'd have the powers to, um, they would just have, you know, super enhanced spiritual energies in them that could lead them to not only be faster, stronger, live longer, um, but have abilities to feel you coming, to sense you, to, to, um, to go out and, and look at the military. Yes, military bought into the remote viewing aspect. Remote viewing is nothing more than the same thing the Nazis were doing. It's only been sanitized and Americanized at Stargate. That's the only difference. Same entities, the same powers, the same uh, offer they were given giving to the Germans where they would meditate and, and go passive and seek to engage these entities. To do what? Gain information in weapons development. Gain information in science. Gain information in technologies. Summon powers to fuel them. As a matter of fact, I'll give you one more thing here. Is at Vadelsberg, in the Hall of the Dead, the ritual chamber where rituals would be done, um, and the powers would be raised up. If you look at the ceiling, you see the swastika, which is uh, actually turned, you know, turned backwards, left-hand path for them. Right above that ceiling... Exactly right above that ceiling is another room, a huge, you know, beautiful looking room, but it's got the black sun symbol on the floor, which is a symbol of the porthole between the worlds. This is where a huge table where Hitler and Himmler and all of the top leadership of Germany would sit. Why did they design it like that? So that the powers being raised below, the energies uh, that would come from them, the abilities that would come from them, would be would be ascending up and being uh, literally uh, empowering them. In, that they would be enveloped with dark presence, supernatural presence. If we don't understand the Nazis that way, we'll never figure out how they did what they did and why they're even around today. Uh, they did this by... Uh, that very presence that we're talking about that's going to bring uh, the world to collapse in a new age, a new world order that's going to bring the greatest destruction in human history. It's going to be the same thing like the Nazi issue, only it's going to go global. 
it's going to be more horrendous. If you saw how vicious the SS troops were and what they were all about, you got to understand the rituals that they went through to become that, the dark side presence they acquired. you got to understand they were commanded to have sex with uh, Aryan women that would create uh, Aryan babies that could be backbred to be stronger Aryan godmen for the future. Uh, it was a massive agenda. And, and here, Doug, is the issue. That agenda simply went underground on a global scale in the 50s, and it has surfaced. And from that world, that underground, and, and what we've seen in the last 60 years, they are now, they are now the global shadow elite that is, um, that's in all these governments that are the, 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 the people behind the scenes, the people behind the, the leaders, and even some of the leaders probably too. And, Russ, you've engaged some of these people. And uh, I mean, through your work, through your front-line work, you've engaged some of these people, obviously. Um, I, I guess that's more of a statement of affirmation than anything else. Um, so you, you have direct evidence of their existence, and, and you speak, uh, you know of what you speak, basically. Well, and, and, and we did. We, you know, because when we started dealing with these, again, the SRA victims in, in, in 1980 on, uh, part of that was part of my, that was part of the whole thing. And, I, and now I look back and I just see, I look at Ezekiel chapter 8 and see how God grabbed a hold of him and sent him in down, step by step by step. That's, that's how I feel. I feel like God just simply said, come along here. I want to take you and show you this, 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 this. And he's led us all the way. And I've trusted to this day that we would engage the very perpetrators, just like in Ezekiel 8 when they got down to seeing who it was, uh, the physical in individuals, who it was that was involved. So this is what I believe God did then. This is what I believe God has done with us over the years. And you're right, yes, we we engage the super soldiers in the sense of victims and this and that, but I'm telling you, when we've seen them switch to demonized, programmed parts of them, they are faster and stronger than regular humans. Uh, they are altered. They have enhancement. Uh, the power comes from the demonic, though, in, in, infused in the programming, infused in the subpersonalities. And we look at the subpersonalities as them breaking up per human personality. They look at it as expanding the abilities, giving them, you know, one personality can fight, one personality can use guns, one personality can do twilight language and summon demons, one personality can be a runner, one personality can be an infiltrator. And so you have all these subpersonalities. Uh, in the development of all these. And, and again, I'm going to tell you, every one of the first generation, and our estimates out of 30-some years is 40 million worldwide, um, out of that first generation, they all had German-speaking Nazi leadership that did the splitting, did the programming, that created them, that, that birthed in and, and created breeders and all the rest. So... Uh, and they were highly, highly, I mean, we're talking uh, embedded with the ideology of a, of a coming chaos. They're going to be the, they believe they're going to be, whether we do or not, they believe on a global scale, they're going to be the troops that are going to bring the collapse of nations. And then the new order that will wait in the wings will, will come about. So they believe this. Not One story is here in the Akron area, and, and we just engaged, again, we're provoking this this, this one too. 
the individual that we believed in, in, in a ritual, satanic rebels, and one called satanic um, demon rebels, slaughtered a 14-year-old girl and a 17-year-old girl in, in a horrific, I won't even go to the description of the sexual bloodletting and all the rest and the killing. What was it for? To draw the powers so that the practitioner then could, what they call, purify the blood, receive the demons into them to charge their blood because that's where the spiritual connection is. That's where the life is. But they they still use the term, pure blood. Now, when we engaged the individual who tried to come at me and kill me in front of five cops, uh, officers, and in front of numerous other individuals, well, the bottom line is when we got when he was brought to the ground fighting the officers, leg-chained, arm-chained, here's what occurred. He switched back to the personality that wouldn't harm a fly. Then he switched to the German-speaking personality. Here's what happened. I, I wrote that in the book, and I've told you about this before. And we just engaged this individual a week ago because he's never been nailed for the, for the crimes. Inside of him is a German-speaking subpersonality that attacked me, that, that even when the police um, tapped the phones and recorded him, uh, speaking about how they had to purify his blood and you know had to do what they needed to do to purify his blood, uh, in the Nazi sense, the master race sense, on the floor when he went calm at one point, when I rebuked the demonic powers in front of the officers, in front of everybody else in the room, and the officers were really freaked out too, Doug and Joe. They were really, they you know, I don't know if they've ever seen anything like that. And then all of a sudden, leg chained and his arms were cuffed behind his back. He's laying on the floor. It's almost supernaturally that his whole body, other than his feet, and his ankles were on the ground, but he kind of raised up. You could see his face completely contort, and all of a sudden, in this heavy German, guttural screaming, demonically charged screaming, he declared these words, We are the legions that shall rule the earth. The officers, the officers couldn't take it any longer. They threw him in a, a, a police car and, and took him to the psych ward. And there's and there's millions of there's millions of those individuals in the United States, let alone Europe. And, and I imagine many are in a psychiatric wards. Um, Hopefully, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I have about five or six. We have, we have about five or six. Uh, Emails just about this situation that you just referenced alone. Uh, people wanting to know, and I'm going to just kind of distill the questions into, uh, I, I guess, some level of coherency here. Um, given that individual that, that you were engaging, that uh, uh, number one, would you call that a demon possessed? All right, uh, that from uh, uh, Beth Ann. I, well, I'll, I'll just ask the questions here. Uh, would you call that individual demon possessed? Number one, number two. If that person uh, was shot by an officer and killed, what would happen to that demon if that is a demon possession? And thirdly, um, well, I'll just go ahead and, if, if you don't mind, just entertain those two questions. Okay, we'll do the two. Um, sure. On the one hand, I would say yes, but in a programmed split personality in these transmuted individuals, it's more. It's it's. It's demonization exactly like Mark chapter 5, but highly specialized. Because they have split the person's personality, they have put programming in. Programming to be whatever they, you know, if they're to be a shooter killer, 
then think in terms of somebody who's in a trance and they've been told, you know, from a hypnotist they're only one thing, and then and then put a demonic presence into that. So in other words, you got somebody that's programmed to be a killer, and that's all they know, and that's all they're going to do, and that's all they're trained to do. But then you take summoning demonic powers and putting it in that person pro in the programming. So the demonic power is empowering the programming uh, even more. So um, what I'm saying is, yes, they are demon-possessed, but in a highly designed, in a highly specialized way. The core of their these victims' beings are demonically charged from, the, from, from before birth on. And then each time of uh, the creation of personalities and programming, more demons are added. And, and the, every time a ritual, they're getting more demons and more powers and more. So you're talking about an extremely, highly, highly specialized demonic person. Second part of that question was, if we command the demons out, and we've done this a lot, if we command the demons to leave because the authority of Christ is so superior... Doesn't make any difference how superior these individuals think they are. They all know one thing for sure: the the, the superiority of the Lord Jesus Christ and His authority and and what occurred at the cross. All the demons know who Jesus is. They fear Him. So when we engage them, whether that guy on the floor, whether the, you know, it doesn't, wherever we've engaged, um, the demons are cast out. Now. Of course, when demons are cast out, our goal is to see a person come to Christ, and 99% of the time they do, uh, to be filled with the Spirit of God, to close all the doors, to get healing of anything else that's necessary, and, and, and grow in Christ. But if somebody, like they mentioned the question, is shot and the demon is in them, demons don't stay in dead bodies because there's no life to grab a hold of. The blood stops. The spirit leaves. The demon, the demon will leave and immediately look for an opening. Um, they'll immediately look for an opening, but they they don't stay with dead bodies. They they will they they do want to pop out and and leave and and locate someone else. And that's someone else, Russ. Just to take it uh, to its natural extension, if a person is genuinely saved or. Um, Yes, I'll just say saved. That person, therefore, or I'll ask this question: Would that person, therefore, have the armor of God? Uh, is that is that person who is saved possession proof? Well, I, well, I think a re- right? yeah. Well, no, no, no. That's a great way of putting it: possession proof. Because I, I think a real believer, if you're really, really born again of the Spirit, because when you get saved, the Spirit of God comes into you, and literally, uh, like if you read Romans eight, His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're a child of God. We read that we become the naos, the temple of the Spirit of God. We're told in First John four that uh, greater megos is the Spirit of God in us than He is in the world. So I will say we are we are possession proof as real believers in with the Spirit of God, but we're not harassment-proof, or we're not um, battle-proof. Two things for every believer. Every believer will face oppression and attack. Some believers will face attachment. Ephesians chapter 4. If a believer gets into sin long enough, they can get an attachment. So we're told in Ephesians 4, the Spirit of God says, be angry, but don't sin, don't let the sun go on in your anger, and give the devil a foothold. We're commanded, don't give him the topon. 
Chopin is a word both, uh, it has the idea of a real hole, and, and, like you're climbing a cliff and you put your foot into a, like a little area to hold yourself up. You have a, you have a hole, you have a foothold. The other side of that is a legal term, meaning right. You have a legal right. So the Spirit of God is telling real believers, don't give him a legal right to grab an area, not your, not your whole spirit, but an area. A Christian can get into sin long enough, whether that's the anger issue and bitterness, long enough, unrepentant long enough, then the, the, the demonic presence can grab a hold. Like, here's the best way I can say, look, show you. Um, you can uh, go to the zoo and visit the gorillas. Uh, the older zoos didn't have two layers of protection. <laughs> they do what they all do now. But um, if you, you listen, you're looking at the gorilla. If you go up and you're, you stand 15 feet away from that, uh, from the from the bars where the gorilla's at, you're fine. But if you go up and jump over the thing, you know, and go all the way and put your arm right into the cage, you may not be in the cage, but they can grab a hold of you. That's the idea of topon. Don't let the the dark side, the demonic, the you know Satan, take a hold of an area. If you're lusting long enough, strong enough, hard enough. If you are angry long enough, hard enough, strong enough. If you're in a certain fleshly area, then that gives right to the enemy to hold. Becomes like a stronghold. And so, how do you get rid of that repentance? You and I'll say this: you can rebuke the demon. A Christian has a, every. And here's what most Christians don't know: they have authority to just simply command them, get out of here in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, command them to order them. This is Luke's Gospel, chapter ten. Now, when you do that, if you, um, but if you, if you're the one that opened the door, then then you know, ten minutes later, if or back when you back back into that same bitter anger, unrepentant spirit, you know, attitude, then they're able to grab onto that area and and, and hold you there. So, what needs to be done is uh, a repentance of the sin. You can then renounce any demonic door you've opened up to and yield to Jesus to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit in all the, all of the areas of your life. So I'm going to say clearly, no believer can be possessed the same way a non-believer can be possessed. So if you're born of the Spirit of God, you're possessed of proof. If you're born of the Spirit of God, you're coming out of the darkness, though. Sometimes that enemy comes back and I want to get you again. How many times I've heard that story where people come out of stuff or people we've seen delivered, and they say, Russ, last night I, I felt something enter my room and say, we're going to take you back. And here's what we taught them. Luke's, Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, look what Jesus said. I have given you authority um, to tread, to literally shred, to trample on top of uh, all the demonic forces to overcome all the power of the enemy. So here's what you do. Do what Jesus did. Uh, not only do people that are possessed, but in your own life. Every Christian has authority to decimate the enemy. So that if you feel some, and here's why I say even oppression, you know what oppression is? Oppression is just the enemy coming in and sending those arrows, like Ephesians 6, those uh, communications to you. You're no good, you're not going to win, you're going to lose, uh, God's not with you, uh, you're going to be a failure. All those lies the enemy wants to send over, and, and that oppression comes. Now, if we believe the lies, then, then the effect of the enemy, he's defeating us and crippling a Christian. If we recognize the oppression, those thoughts, involuntary thoughts and feelings are coming from the enemy, and we say, Lord Jesus, I, and I know what that is, in the name of Jesus, get out of here, I reject everything you're doing, and you rebuke them, spiritually speaking, 
I have found you can clear the error, the feeling of the... Instead of feeling the oppression, all of a sudden now, you'll feel the power of the Holy Spirit. When you believe truth, the Word of God, when you grip truth, believe truth, acknowledge the truth, proclaim the truth, the Holy Spirit you know, moves on that. He uses truth, and you'll feel the power of the Spirit of God, the joy of the Lord, and you'll feel the freedom that you've been given, and so forth. But when oppression comes, it's literally the enemies. You know, 10 feet away, 20 feet away, there's, they're really there. Ephesians 6, there's a sender. They're sending communication. And, and they, they're just lies. It's feelings or thoughts that are coming from them to try to get you to believe the lies. Well, confront the lies, rebuke the lies, speak the truth and rebuke them, tell them to, get, you know, to leave you. And it's an incredible way of using your authority, let alone in when I have a demon manifesting in some person, you can cast them out. So, uh, both. And Russ, that, that speaks to, uh, I'm going to use an example of uh, drug or alcoholism, drug addiction or alcoholism. You know, when somebody's trying to get clean or wants to get clean, first off, they don't get clean unless they make the choice to get clean. You, you never really can do it for somebody else. But the moment you say no to that first drink or, or drug that's offered to you, um, you know, when you're used to your whole life or that, that period of time, uh, doing that as a regular daily habit when you say no for the first time it does give you a a power over that um it, it almost like it lets the lord in in a way to to help you from that point forward um and that builds Correct. and it continues to build uh and cool. so i would urge people to to not um to keep that in the back of their mind because it is very important and um on the second thought here another thought we have a, a question from the uh Gallup Christian Fellowship, and they said a few minutes ago, Russ made a statement that demons are exchanged through illicit sex. This is a very popular notion in some circles, but I've never heard any scriptural support for this statement. I would like to hear if Russ has scriptural basis for the statement. Blessings from Mark L. Sure, thank you. Well, you 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 don't see in every case when Jesus commanded demons out of people, even the kids. We never have anybody showing us where they came from in the beginning. So there's there's nothing in the New Testament that shows, like the man in Mark 5. How did the demons get in him? Um, in all of those cases, or like the girl that we read about later in Acts, where Paul's there and commands the demon that enabled her to do predictions of the future. We find the demons being present, being real, um, and then them engaging and commanding them out. So that's what we find in Scripture. The presence of demons really in people, um, the evidences of that in their manifestation because they can speak and do you know do things, and then the authority of Jesus in dealing with them. But in each of those cases, there's no you know, and you want to think in terms of Mark five, how in the world did he let them in there? Because the truth is, you know, they have to have a, a legal right even in even in the fall of the human race, Genesis three, there had to be um, a legal right to get in. And that's what Satan was there to do, to tempt, to lead to that. So there's nothing in the New Testament that shows us specifically in a sex act where a demon crosses from one to the other. Now, I will only say this. Whether anybody studies the Tantra stuff, the left hand, the dark left-hand path occultism of Crowley, reads the uh, Babylon working ritual of Jack Parsons, reads any of the satanic literature. I mean, we've confiscated stuff over the years. Law enforcement did when I was in um, and used them in Law Enforcement Academy because they used to let me teach a little bit. 
in the academy, um, whether we believe it or not, the, the there's no question their literatures teach that. Their literature teaches it. Their rituals teach it. Their practice of doing a sex ritual uh, teaches it. You can ask any SRA, Satanic Ritual Abuse Person, worldwide of any of the generations, you know, 20-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 60-year-olds. You can ask any of them. They will all, you know, the ones that are coming out anyway, getting saved and coming out, they will all confess the the sex rituals that involved demonized priests that did a ritual, summoning, using the old languages um, to summon, and in that sexual uh, act to release demons. So the information, it's kind of like... Um, I don't have any information in Scripture to tell me about um, a car or, or the popular term sleep paralysis. Clearly, is in the Scripture. It's kind of a, a term the Sykes, you know, came up with to describe. Hey, what is this weird presence coming into my room? Even though we can go to Job and read where one of the guys that was trying to help Job, one of his friends, was he talked about. There's a confession there about how a a spirit glided past him that his hair stood on end. Uh, it was a chilling. Experience experience of a presence uh, a supernatural presence in 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 front of him uh, you know why was it there how did he get there was it satan himself because satan was involved in bringing job down or trying to bring job down so no i mean you have the if you go back and study the history of the hittites the moabites you go back into in, in any of that you're going to find that they believed in sex rituals that they believed in the transmission if you read the Devil's Bible by Father Matterdon, you're going to read about sex rituals and the transmission of demons. If you read Crowley and, a, and, a, and literally a ton of others, or New Agers, by the way, or New Agers online. I'm not going to tell you what's. I don't want to tell anybody the websites, but it, it's there mm -hmm. for the research. Um, there's books now written, websites dedicated to the procedures of how to have sex directly with your angel, which is really a demon. There are Satanists that will teach. There's rituals that teach this. There are hundreds of thousands now worldwide of astral projectors, those who can leave their body through demonic yep. empowerment that speak about psychic sex. So all I'm going to tell you is there's a vast amount. Uh, the Bible doesn't describe rituals. The Bible doesn't describe the languages they use, like Oguam, Belshare. Uh, they don't describe. But now the literature on the other side does. And you don't have to know that literature. If you engage somebody, they have a demon. Here's two things that has to happen. One, you're a believer. You have authority. You're, you're commissioned to use that. Cast the demon or demons, plural, out of them. The next thing, though, always lead them to repent how the demons get there. Uh, you know, renounce, you know, close that door. Um, if, if somebody, like we've done over the years in, in commanding demons out of people, if it was a deep drug issue, if it was an occult issue, if it was uh, practitioners in front of our faces, we're talking hundreds of times now, who, who wanted to conjure and summon and draw them in, um, well, then we have to not only cast the demons out because they can't do it on their own, lead them to Jesus for them to repent and turn to him. And then we always lead them, renounce the doorways. Never open that door again. No question the demons were in people in the New Testament, clearly. I mean, that's the number one place to look. But they never... You look at each case, there was no description there of how it was transmitted in. Um, importantly, however, the process that you just described, in that order... You you re, uh, repent, cast out, and, and of course, 
uh, come come to Jesus is what you're saying in that order, it's because we we have a, we have a uh, listener asking the question, basically, do you need does a person need to cast out demons, for example, before one can be saved? Uh, and, and I suspect that that's a kind of a common question. Um, you know, can, can I suppose a different way of asking that would be, could a person who is saved be you know become demonized or or attract demons or um uh, if a person has demons can that person be saved i there's a lot of activity around that that specific question i don't know if that's boiling it down to too simple of terms but perhaps you you know you could speak on that uh just a little more i know i know that you basically addressed it but you know to us uh, to simplify it a little bit more Sure. I, again, I think it, in, here's how it works in actuality. If you engage somebody and they manifest a demon, the demon literally manifests and look at you. Uh, just like Mark 5, just like, you know, you can go back to Acts 16, Acts 19, uh, and, and see, you know, what they, what they did. In the, and then you'll notice this again with Jesus. He never once asked anybody, do you want to get saved? They didn't get saved first. They got delivered first. So in that principle, over all these years, you know, when it comes to manifestation, demons taking people over. Now we've watched in this sense: demons throw people to the ground, demons get them to growl, demons get them to speak, throw up on you, try to do. There's a lot of things that can occur when a demon manifests, and if you've seen it once, it's bad enough. Now we've seen it to the point where I'm so sick of them and sick of what they do because they're a real entity that has taken over a human being. So in the manifestation of a demon. Um, it's just automatic. In the name of Jesus Christ, you know, I command you stop. I'll, you know, I will take charge immediately to say stop. You, you know, because if they want to harm them, throw like in the script, throw them into the fire, throw them into water, um, throw them down. I've seen. I mean, I've seen them throw people to where I thought they must have cracked their head open, uh, or broke their arm, or contort their body. So take charge. We're allowed to order them under the authority of Jesus. Command them, stop this in the name of Jesus right now. And then order them to come to, I, what I'll usually do is come, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, come to attention. And many times they'll just begin to talk. Um, you know, Jesus engaged a little bit of discussion with Legion, found out his name, asked what his name was, and, and so forth. And, and so a little bit of that can, can, will occur. It just will happen. The thing you don't want to get into is a, a any kind of long discussion. You're not there to have tea with them. Uh, you're there to ultimately engage them, rebuke them. Now, here's the important thing, though. Most everybody we ever dealt with that manifested demons like that have more than one. So you got to make sure, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you and any other demons, you know, you're to command them to get all get out. Now, the reason, and once they get out, the first thing is to lead the person to Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, in almost every single case, the person wants to get saved immediately because they know that this dark, hellish presence they couldn't get rid of. And maybe it's a new ager. Maybe it's um, somebody, we had one person thought it was an animal ancestral spirit, you know, a, a thing handed down from their family line. It was a good thing. Many of them think it's a good thing. New agers think it's a translucent spirit. They think this. But in the engagement, they're revealed for what they really are. And so when they're cast out, they realize, wow, that was a demonic entity. I realize that now. Well, you preach Jesus to them, come, have them come to Christ. When they get saved, the Spirit of God comes into them. Uh, that's going to be the ultimate securing of their life, that they're not going to get repossessed. 
Now, I don't, and I'm going to say this now, a lot of people coming out of the occult, sometimes the enemy that's got cast out, they want to they want to come back and scare you or, or make you think they're going to come back. It's very important that you get grounded in Jesus immediately to know, like Romans 6, to know that you've been set free, Christ is in you, count yourself dead to sin but alive to God, know who you are in Christ. Colossians talks about being rooted in Christ. Now it's time to grow up in that, you know, grow, grow up in Him. Know the Word of God. And know that Christ dwells in you. But, but also know that and accept that He has given you authority to orally command them, speak against them. Even if that means some night you're laying in bed, you feel some weird, you know, presence comes in the room, and you feel like there's some thing saying, "We're going to get you back in the name of Jesus." No, you're not. I am now saved. I've committed my life to Christ. Christ lives in me. Quote. Look what Jesus did in Matthew. Just follow what Jesus did in Matthew four. Quote the scripture. Quote the truth correctly, but also, you know, in James, resist the devil; he'll flee from you. But in times when you feel there's some kind of Oppression to where you recognize there's something there, you're allowed. I, I've learned this. I've asked the Lord, you know, twenty some years ago, in learning all this. Lord, how far can you take that authority given in Luke ten? Um, and I've learned you you can cover your life. I can cover my life. And I learned instead of letting because uh, here's what I'm going to say. And this will open up maybe a can of worms. I don't know. A lot of believers who've been depressed for a long time are not just depressed. And they've been getting counsel of just rational counsel. You know, don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this. What they probably didn't realize was that it's spiritual oppression that leads to depression, and they need to break that. Because we have a lot of complexity now. What about the mom and dad that were in the uh, 70s, 80s? They got into the drug world, got into marijuana, got into ayahuasca drugs. They let spirits come in. They meditated. They had things come in. And then they had babies. What what is a familiar spirit in the Old Testament? A familiar spirit, uh, some will say a generational, that sticks around with a family. A lot of the demons that some people, you know, that we've found along the way, have as a as a harassment on them and around them is uh, from their family line. So um, I, I I think it's important to become. Listen, if, if you're if you're going to want to be able to deal with them. And apply the victories of Jesus over the world, over the flesh, and over the demons, over Satan. Then you've got to know the scriptures. Now, again, I've read a ton. I've read three hundred and fifty other books written by people about deliverance. What? And I I read to sharpen. I read to see. I read to know. But the truth is, you come back to scripture and what is clearly, succinctly spoken by Jesus observed him doing and when he gives it to us and the early disciples do the exact same thing that's that's the best way to do it but if you're evangelizing you meet new agers you meet young satanists you meet people that are into ayahuasca then they have spirits you meet new agers um, and we all know the practices are wrong whether we like it or not people are whether you, and even whether you believe it or not uh, or somebody you know listening um, believes it or not people doing tantra people doing sex magic people doing new age channeling it, 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 it that side works i mean in other words the demons come in the demons uh, are getting they they get them in their lives 
uh, it's wrong, it's deceiving, it's, um, d- you know, Satan is a, he can transfigure as an angel of light, the Greek word metheskidsmazetai. He can change his appearance, but not his nature, to trick a person. Uh, but, but it's the same, you know, for the believer, it's vital. Like we call it the 5A, it's free on my site. We have it numerous All right. I thought that was us because I could. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, the rerun we're hearing in the background. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we, we lost Russ at a very interesting point. Yeah. I'll tell you what. We're, we're at, uh, about three minutes before the top of the hour. We will uh, bring Russ back on after the uh, top of the hour. Well, we um, got a lot of questions. Yeah. Uh, man, I have never. Well, you talk about. Uh, um, pages upon pages of listener questions so russ if you uh can rejoin us uh there at the go. top of the hour oh okay oh glad to have you back my friend the the five a's go ahead yeah we missed that really again there we go. Russell, no, there we go. Right there. Right. I, I had to pray it up a little bit right here because I, I saw, I heard myself click off or something. So we pray that up. And uh, you, if you need to do the top of the hour, you go right ahead, and I'm, I'm ready to well, go well, whatever you need. Well, before that, we've got some room before that. The, the five A's as, as uh, on your website, and, and I've written these down, but if you can go over them real quick here. Sure. Uh, awareness is number one. All believers are commanded. I mean, Paul says we're not unaware of the devil's schemes. We're not ignorant. It's a Greek word that means we're not willfully choosing to not know. We're not ignorant of his schemes. That's important. Um, you can't read the New Testament without becoming aware of Satan's presence, demons' presence, and then their methods, what they do. It's vital that we become aware and that we're like Paul, that we're not Ignorant or unaware of his schemes, his tactics. Second, alert. Now, this is a word used in Colossians 4.2 and also at 1 John 5.8. We read where the Spirit of God tells us in 1 John, or 1 Peter 5, um, you know, it says, be sober minded and alert. The word alert is gregoruo, meaning, meaning become vigilant, uh, the opposite of passive. So the idea here is the Spirit of God says become alert, be immediately alert. Uh, the great Greek scholar uh, Kenneth Weist uh, describes that word meaning this, um, being uh, being able to look for and discern uh, in, any impending danger in the spiritual sense. So looking for the impending danger. So we read First John, you know, five. I'm sorry, First Peter five. Peter knew what it was to be in battle. He knew what it was to lose when he, you know, Jesus said Satan has asked to sift you guys as wheat. Um, he knew what it was, but here now he knows also the victory. And so he says to the believers, you know, be sober-minded and be alert. Prepare your mind. The idea of the, that you must, you must, um, we must be active in this. We must spiritually on a daily. Lord, is the enemy doing anything? You know, be spiritually alert because your enemy, the devil, he's going to be seeking someone to devour. So that's important. Awareness and alert is very vital on a daily basis. Second, and to live that into victory and, and rejoicing in that. But then, third thing is this: knowing authority. And again, when you know, you guys know what I've said before, and all the conferences I've done in the last you know eight nine years. I've been a pastor thirty years in local churches prior to this. The majority of believers absolutely do not know what that authority means, how to appropriate or to know that they can use that. That's dangerous. Every new believer should be taught 
Luke Luke chapter ten chapter ten you know verse eighteen nineteen and so forth and be shown Jesus said I have given to you authority and we're supposed to be able to trample hold All that thought Russ sure well, hold that thought on the authority we're going to get back to that on the other side because this is so important folks you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman report with Russ Dizdar his website chatterthedarkness.net his book the Black Awakening the Rise of the Satanic Super Soldiers and the Coming Chaos we'll be back for our third and final hour right after these messages. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Welcome back, folks, to the, this third and final hour, the Hagman and the Hagman Report. Our very special guest, Mr. Russ Dizdar, his website, shatterthedarkness.net. You talk about a uh, hands-on frontline warrior against the, uh, against the darkness. Man, I'll tell you, Russ Dizdar is the real deal. Um, I, you know, I'm not sure. I consider myself kind of a Pretty halfway decent brave guy. All right, I, I you know I can I can hold my own, but uh, the, the following Russ around, tagging around with Russ, that takes uh that takes it to a whole new level. Let me tell you, and uh, having and the reason I mentioned that is what I would like all of our listeners to do is keep Russ and his team in prayer. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, twenty four seven because. Uh, we're talking about some pretty serious stuff here, Joe. I mean, my yeah. goodness, this is crazy. I mean, not crazy, but this is serious. This is deadly serious. Before we get back to Mr. Dizdar, uh, just want to mention that, uh, folks, if, if, if you, if you want to, uh, do us a solid, how's that for street talk? Um, go, go to Hagman and Hagman.com and, and click on our YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel there. Also, uh, tell others about the program. Tell others about our websites. That's Hagman and Hagman.com, HagmanReport.com, and of course, HomeOnSecurityUS.com. And, and, uh, bookmark those websites because they are really getting active now. And I want to thank JD and Rhonda and, and, uh, Joe and Eric and, and everyone involved in this process. Joe Charles, thank you so much for everything that you do. But, uh, certainly subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, our Twitter feeds, Facebook, social networking. That way we can get the word out much quicker when we're talking about these, most shows like this. Now tomorrow night, we're going to have, uh, Steve Quayle and Gary Haven on the first two hours talking about Amerigeddon. That's Amerigeddon. And if you don't know who Gary Haven is, oh, my word. Um, he is a very powerful figure. He's a Texas businessman, and he is the man behind um, the film Amerigeddon. All right, um, all right. I'm not so, familiar with him, so yeah. I'm gonna yeah look him up. Tomorrow. Yeah, in fact, uh, the program description will be up in the morning, but it's gonna it's gonna be a fantastic two hours, and then, of course, in the Amerigeddon. Hours, is, Amerigeddon. That a, is that is right. that available now? Um. Not 
right at the moment, but okay. the trailer is up, and and you'll see it. You'll see where this is all headed, and the description will be up tomorrow. Um, fantastic uh, individual, and certainly a great project. But speaking of great projects, Russ Isdar doing so much for so many. Support his ministry as well, ShatterTheDarkness.net, and mm-hmm. keep him in your prayers, please. His book, Black Awakening, to me, this is a must-read for anyone serious about understanding what is coming, what is here, and uh, how much worse it's going to get. With that, it's it's my distinct honor and pleasure to, to bring back uh, Russ Dizdar. Russ, thanks for thanks for holding. Absolutely, glad to be here. Yeah, well, uh, before the break, the five A's that are on your website: awareness, alert, being alert, and uh, authority. Authority. Yeah, we, we, we kind of cut off in the middle of the authority, right? Uh, especially where uh, you were saying that you know believers, especially in, in the church do not and have not been taught the authority and do not know how to use the authority, uh, the spiritual authority in Christ that we have as believers. <laughs> sure, and that's that's it's with all the truth. You know, anybody gets saved, you're born of the Spirit of God, you're forgiven, you're indwelt by the Spirit of God, you're loved by God, you're now in Christ, Christ is in you, you've been given the gift of eternal life. Now, here's the fact, though, all the rest of Scripture is for you and all the promises are for you, and it's a matter of development. Um, and some of that is the um, simple um, appropriation or, re- you know, we, we reckon things. Like, I'll give the example again. In, in, in Romans chapter 6, we read the beginning of the chapter again and again and again. The Spirit of God, the Word of God says, you're dead to sin, dead to sin, died to sin, died to sin. Then it says, finally, count yourself or reckon yourself dead to sin and alive to God. Why the question is why why? Well, because you are. You're reckoning truth, you're appropriating truth, you're acknowledging truth. And that's part of you we cannot grow spiritually without it. First John chapter two, verse fourteen. Uh, the Spirit of God leads John to write, I write to you, young men, because you are strong. That's a great word and a picture of a strong believer. You are strong. You've overcome that is the Greek word Nike. You have overcome with decisive victory. The enemy, and um, and here's the reason: because the word of God, the Greek word "meno," lives, dwells in you. Uh, so it's vital that if we're going to have, and First John's all about uh, spiritual clarity: who is real believer, who is not. Uh, how we know the difference between the spirit of error, the spirit of truth, the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of Christ. Um, so it's a great book, but it also goes over the victory, the Nike, the victories we have in Christ over the world, over the flesh, and over the devil himself. But it's got to be applied. Um, because believers will still have the world tempt them. The believers will still have the temptation of the old nature, even though it's been rendered powerless. You'll still have temptation. And you will have, you will have at the very least, spiritual oppression. So I were commanded then to put the armor of God on. So the armor of God, you know, each piece. And it involves, you know, we, we mentioned in the armor of God, and lift up the shield of faith by which you can extinguish all the fiery darts of the evil one. Now, I've asked, and I've always asked along the way, and I ask in our training courses, how many here know what the fiery darts are, the arrows are? And again, the majority of believers, you know, don't, they're just, they, they have no idea. Um, but they're being sent by, there's a sender. So if we lift up the shield of faith, that would be in Christ and in His Word, we'll be shielded from those fiery darts being sent. What are those fiery darts? 
involuntary communications from the enemy. That's what they are. It's the enemy sending those doubts and sending engaging. Uh, now, Jesus dealt with it face-to-face in Matthew 4. We deal with it, and someone called this oppression. For example, Peter and the disciples at the Lord's table, they had no idea that Satan entered the room when Jesus said, Satan has just asked to sift you guys as wheat. Or when Satan entered into Judas, he literally walked right into Judas. Um, they had they didn't know that you know they 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 were clueless in the beginning. Uh, later on, Paul knows. I mean, Peter knows very well and writes about it in First Peter five. So when it comes to authority, when Jesus says it's in the perfect tense in the original and has a real picture of a a powerful, permanent, living presence right now, it begins the moment you're saved. Um, but it's it's the focus is that the authority is operative right now. So here's what Jesus says. I've given you authority um, to trample. The word tread means to crush the snakes and scorpions. Those are just figures of of the demonic realm. And then Nike, to overcome with decisive victory all the power of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. So that's taught in the context of him sending them out to command demons. Of course, they, you know, 72 come back in. They're all elated. They're just saying, you know, the demons submit to us in your name. They've never seen this before. It's never been done before. It wasn't done in the Old Testament. Uh, Jesus is uh, unleashing authority to give to them, and they go out and do all that. They come back, and, and sure enough, it all worked. Um, what I'm saying, when we get saved, everything that God has in Christ is implanted us, given to us, and is in us, but it's there for us to learn about, learn to appropriate. I know that when I got saved, I know what prayer is by the basis of reading. There was a time I never knew the word, ask you receive, seek you'll find, knock and the door will be open. There was a time I didn't know any of these things. But once Jesus came into my life, and the Spirit of God came into my life, and and I ran out to Kmart, because I didn't know where else to go, I bought a Bible, and began to learn, began to read. The more of that spiritual food, that content, that truth, the Spirit of God operates on the truth. What I've found is the devil operates on lies. Um, hmm. And he brings his presence through lies. So, And that's what happened. Look, look what happened in the garden. It's lies where there was an exchange that occurred. Uh, he's lying. He's speaking the lies. They knew the truth. They, they dumped the truth. They exchanged the living God, the immortal God, for the you know the lie that occurred and everything changed of course the fall of nature came in well listen when you get saved here's here's the glories of salvation uh, because it's brilliant it's it's the work of God the ergase the work uh, I like to sometimes call it the physics of God so when you get saved literally everything changes literally down past your DNA when the living Christ comes in the spirit of God comes in intertwines or comes lives in you to where your human spirit I mean Romans 8 his spirit bears witness with your spirit you are a child of God the Holy Spirit is bearing witness from the inside out now now you're literally lit up but this also means the, the fall of nature has been rendered powerless You've been made alive to God, and He's in there permanently. He's in there to live through you and in you. Uh, he's never going to leave you or forsake you. Uh, and now we need we need to grow. You're forgiven. You've been set free. Uh, if you look at Colossians chapter one verse ten on down, you've been translated from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of Christ. You're in a new position. You, your ownership. You've been marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit. You're owned by God now. And so all of these truths, the more we know them, the more we 
are able then to grow up in our salvation, uh, to really walk in, in a spiritual joy and confidence and, and to grow, and to grow consistently, to become strong, like in 1 John 4, 2.14, to really become strong consistently. So, I would, I would tell every believer, especially now because the Bible predicts that in the end of days, more demons, more counterfeit supernaturalism, more false doctrine is going to come than ever in history. Uh, it's the cause of the end of, day, of the end of days issues. So, does that mean it's bigger and broader than than all we have in Christ? No, but it is bigger and broader than it was two thousand years ago, uh, when the abyss is opened, when the Antichrist eventually shows up. That's bigger and broader than twenty years ago. So. What I'm saying is, because there's more demonic activity, there's tens of thousands and millions of New Agers and Satanists and Santeria and all the cults and New Age ufologists and all, there are just more people that have opened the doors, more demons that have gotten in. So we need to know and be aware of that through the Word of God in our sense of really wanting to know. From it begins, the foundation is just knowing the Scriptures back and forth. Second, alert, to be spiritually alert, that means you do this. Colossians 4.2, you know, be in prayer, devoted to prayer, but, but being watchful. You, you, as a believer, I'm supposed to be engaged that way and also being things, giving thanks. I appropriate the authority. I've known from the time I did this back in the 70s and accepted, oh, Lord, I thank you for the authority you've given me. And anytime I had a demon show up in a person, I just, I don't sit there and uh, I just rebuke and by the, on the basis of what Christ has given me. And we've led thousands in the training over the years to appropriate. Lord, thank you. I accept and receive the fact that you've given me authority, and I will use it. I will use this authority uh, bravely and strongly. And 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 if you're out there soul winning and out there witnessing, you're gonna you're gonna engage demon possessed people sooner or later, and you're gonna need to use that. Now, from authority, which means we have the ability to command demons out of people and order them and so forth and really bring decimate them, to tread on them, to overcome them. Well, then we have the command in, in Ephesians 6, verse 10 down, be, the, the call is be empowered by the mighty power. So there's dunamis, strength, and um, might. We're to have to be manifested with the power of God, the might of God, the strength of God. How do you do that? The command is, in the imperative, put on the full armor of God. The idea is put it on, leave it on. You don't put it on every day. If you didn't take it off, you don't need to put it on every day. So then it gives the listing, truth, righteousness, and you go down the list. We are told to put that on. Now, God has it for us, and we it's both appropriation and living. In other words, I accept the truth of God, but I'm also going to live in truth, going to live by the truth. I accept the righteousness of Christ, but I'm also going to now live righteously and live the way I'm supposed to. I accept the peace of God through the gospel, but I'm now going to be from that peace, be have a preparedness, and be ready for witnessing, ready for battle. Uh, I'm going to put on the helmet of salvation. I am saved. I'm going to know the depths of my salvation. I'm going to know that Christ is in me. I'm going to know that I have a new nature. I know that I'm going to, you know, I, I appropriating that full salvation. And then we read the rest, you know, well, you know, like the sword of the spirit, using the word of God in the context of spiritual battle. You have to. Spiritual battle involves an engagement with the dark side, just like Matthew chapter 4. And even when the Satan come quoting scripture, demons demons could quote scripture through people, by the way, always incorrectly. So, by the Spirit of God, you quote correctly back and you rebuke them and command them out. 
So the armor of God has to be on. Uh, that's uh, having the armor of God. Um, the evidence of that is that you are you are uh, literally manifesting, and you're you're full of the power, the dunamis, the strength, and the might of God. And you're and you're and you're and you're literally experientially then able to stand uh, against the day of evil when the enemy comes to bring an attack. Now, I, I would I would define an attack like Job. He was attacked. Oppression is like Peter and the disciples when Satan came to ask to go after them. Why do they all get scattered around? Why do they get all messed up? Why do they get all confused? Why is Peter out there, you know, cussing? You know, why are they all in fear? Because oppression does that. It brings that. And if you feel darkness around you and, and doubts hitting you and some stuff striking you, stand up, declare the truth of Jesus, and out loud rebuke the enemy around you. Put up a prayer of him, a hymn of praise, and watch everything change within moments if you learn to do that consistently. Um, live in the armor of God. You know, do you have the truth? Do you believe? And then are you practicing the truth? Do you have, have you accepted the righteousness of Jesus? And are you living out righteously too? Um, in, in your walk. Those, those five A's, and again, we've defined those, we've put them in, I think, three or four different ways we've explained them on our site. They're all free to download. Um, those are vital. If, and I say this to pastors and leaders and new Christians. If you learn um, everything, you know, in the first six months, you should be learning about your salvation. You should be learning about your walk with God, learning about how to pray, learning about, you know, getting involved in the fellowship of the body of Christ, uh, learning how to read your Bible, um, how to worship, uh, learning your authority, learning to put on the armor of God, learning how to stand when the enemy comes. If if new believers begin to learn that at the beginning, and I'm going to say this as a pastor, I think I could have cut out more than half of all the counseling I did because uh-huh. Christians Christians who are not deep in the foundations from the beginning end up with a lot of problems they don't have to do with and um, and you have to you know it's almost like half of all the counseling is really just rediscipling, uh, taking them back to the beginning, and taking them where they should be. So I encourage everybody, you know, even if you don't have anybody do, and I, I learned this myself, even when you don't have anybody else doing it, go after it, pursue everything you can study and everything you can learn, and God will give it to you, and God will build you, and God will make you strong. And then when you do evangelism, win souls, when you do see demons come out of people, when you engage a lot of this, the truth is this, Doug and, and Joe, um, like like Acts 9.22, when Paul stepped out to be obedient, stepped out to do, he already got saved and filled with the Spirit, but he stepped out. It said he grew more and more powerful. Um, and I just simply believe believers uh, in both obedience to the Word and then putting it into practice become experientially powerful, competent, stronger, stronger, and they they can even go from strength to strength. It's fantastic. And, and folks uh, listening, we do hope you will join us at Hear the Watchman Conference next month. Russ Dizdar will be there uh, to talk about uh, insight into what you'll be hearing at that conference. It's Hear the Watchman Conference. want to make uh, mention that... Uh, uh, our good friends, sponsors of, of this program, that's AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com, AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com will be, well, well Joe, they're offering a, uh, a discounted, uh, yeah, ticket, uh, let me, uh, grab the email here, but, uh, American Survival Wholesale companion ticket offer has been extended. Yes. 
Um, and, and I mean, talk about a reason to go alone is Russ Dizdar and, and what he'll be talking about. And you can listen to this and meet Russ, and and it's just going to be a fantastic. Uh, yeah, um, and this is from um, the uh, founders of the Hear the Watchman Conference. We only have a limited number of seats left. This is the last offer we will be able to do. We will extend the American Survival Wholesale companion ticket offer through Friday of this week, ending at midnight. Hmm. Enter American Survival Wholesale in the promo code section and get your companion ticket uh, when you come to the door. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, again, the promo code ASW when you get your ticket and... Uh, you buy one ticket, and American Survival Wholesale will support a companion ticket free of charge. And, and th- th- that just shows you how much uh, the, the uh, our, our sponsors, American Survival Wholesale dot com, how much they are involved in bringing people to salvation, bringing people to the Word, and of course, Rust is our very powerful speaker. I would seriously, I would go there just to hear Rust. Yeah, that's worth the price of admission. I mean, we've seen him talk personally at least five times, and, uh, and each time it, it's to me it's better. They're better. Always, yeah. yeah, they're always fantastic. Uh, Russ, I, I have a question. Uh, a, a number, actually, a, a couple of well, three or four people have sent sent an email about this, but I'm looking here in a larger sense at a decline of society. Now, now we we touched on this, and we we did kind of discuss this at the initial opening of the program. But but I guess um, a lot of people are curious. As am I. We're seeing things like the um, oh the uh, Super Bowl, the Grammys, all of these weird occult like rituals being done by celebrities, big time. Yeah, like never before. Not only celebrities, but the music music videos yeah. that entertainers are in. The TV shows that are on network, you know, regular sitcoms, you know, in the background, you can see the uh, symbolism, the numerology, and the, uh, for those who have read a lot of the occult theology, you can see the parables, the occult parables, the, yes. the satanic parables. I mean, it, it is full blown, overt. No more subliminal messaging, I guess you should say. No, they they, they might as well hang a shingle out, or you know, a, a, in neon or whatever. That uh, you know, these are these are rituals. Russ, watching these rituals, does this empower or? or um, and I want to, I, I guess, be accurate in my question by watching or, yeah, by watching these rituals, whether it be the halftime show or some sort of a cultish like performance of a celebrity. Does this empower the uh, the uh, uh, celebrity or the people doing the, these rituals? And, and a companion question would be: Does this also contaminate those who watch that kind of material? Well, good, yeah, be, yeah, because the world um, as a whole 
And in First John again, First John chapter, you know, the whole the whole book of First John refers to the world again and again and again, the cosmos, meaning the fallen world system. It's inseparably linked to the satanic agenda and his presence, and it's separately linked to the temptations and so forth. Um, this is what's important about all of these. Some of them are masks. I, I really believe that many believe many people that watch stuff, even believers, have no idea what's going on with some of them. They have no idea. Just like the Bohemian Grove, the so-called cremation of care, and they all clap, and it, they don't realize it's a real human sacrifice. Whereas in some of these things, you know, we're, we're seeing literally we're, what we're seeing in some of these things in, in, in music, in art, in media, in TV, Super Bowl, you know, halftime things. We're seeing the companion of this, the world, the stuff of the fallen world. We're seeing the stuff of fleshiness in, 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 in people's lives. But we're also seeing the enemy more and more in, in uh, symbols, in, in terminologies. And, of course, specifically the Masonic side, uh, there's a lot of lot of goal to hide, but to still be operative, to do their stuff, but still be operative. Um, so I think that it can have. Um, I think overall it can have a dumbing down effect. I think overall it can have a way of if somebody's consistently watching TV all the time, like the, tonight it was advertised, Lucifer is going to be on television, the new show. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course people want you know, thousands, you know, yeah, right? Millions are watching or whatever <laughs> else, and. Um, and it has nothing to do with the real Lucifer. It has nothing to do. But it has a dumbing down because we got to remember that another generation, you, you know, I wasn't raised in church. I was never raised. I had I didn't know anything. Uh, that's why when I became 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, I started doing drugs, started partying, started doing acid, started getting into stuff, started getting into the occult, searching, looking, became a Buddhist, trying to clean my life up. None of it uh, worked. It was all It was all real, lethal, deceiving things. Uh, but it wasn't until somebody came to me and preached the gospel, shared, I believe God was out there, but I didn't know how to get to him until somebody preached and brought me the gospel and called me to repent and turn to Jesus and receive him. And when I did, everything changed. And, of course, from the inside out, you know, I'm lit up. And I was willing to burn everything, get rid of everything, you know, uh, walk away from all that kind of stuff and, and just get out there and, and walk and live for Jesus instead. Um, we have to remember that we have an entire, we have massive generation over the last 30, 40 years. They have no church background, and they don't have parents that went to church, and they only have one parent in many cases. So we're talking about millions being raised outside of everything, and all they have is the world, the flesh, and the enemy's uh, combined operative work to continue to feed you kind of, kind of, yeah. I don't want to say program, but I mean the idea of um, keeping them in in the field of of that you know educate that that stuff influenced. Can you be influenced if it's a real ritual in which a real demon is summoned? I believe so. Um, now we're dealing with not only demonized people but demonized objects, like in the Old Testament, devoted things. We're dealing with demonized places. We've been to a lot of ritual, you know, some. I'm going to say a lot when I say I don't say hundreds, but we've been to uh, quite a few really high level ritual sites. Um, and there's activity there. This is the biblical picture, both Old and New Testament, of the old demonized sites. Why did in Second Kings, you know? 22, 23, um, Josiah went out, not only to destroy the places where they did the rituals, he, cr he crushed down the, the, the stone, he, he, down to, down to powders, he, he made sure that nothing could be used again, he literally was shutting down the high places. The high places, that's why they're secretive, Everything about them draws the dark powers. So if all of a sudden it's done in a little way on TV, big ways, 
in uh, in 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 music. Now, here's where we got a problem. In the world of music, you got people that are real practitioners, and you have people that are summoning spirits, have spirits. They feel inspired in their lyrics. So, I, let me throw this question. We can read in First Timothy four one on down about doctrines of demons. In other words, where you know demons have come to you know to lead many astray, and then some people they will begin to work in and guide them to write. We read in the Greek "didache demonoia," doctrines of demons. So they're by in, by the inspiration of, of a demon, in in counterfeit in contrast to the Holy Spirit guiding the scriptures. They're they're helping somebody write demonic words in a book like the Course in Miracles, like Alice Bailey's twenty one volumes that the United Nations sits on, and many others. Helena Blavatsky, tens of you know thousands of new books since the sixties have been written, and I believe they are done, you know done by the inspiration of demons. Now, if a person like a channeler or Helena or uh, Alice Bailey, if any of them can have a demon guide them and actually write words, a chapter, then another chapter, then a book, what says a demon can't guide a demonized lyricist from a rock group to where the lyrics are the exact same thing, no different than the Dake Demonoia? And I'm going to say that when anybody uh, plays, you know, uh, let me just pick on I'll pick on Slayer, South of Heaven, Heaven album from years ago, and a, and a song called Spill the Blood. So I, for years, again, because I came out of I came out of being a heavy metal guy, you know, got saved. I, I burned everything. I burned all the music. I burned all of it because I wanted to be clear, clear and free from everything. And 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 so um, lyric analysis is important. Look at the lyrics. They line up with um, what Satan is all about, what demons are all about, what the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and you know what that's all about. So, if someone's listening to music where people are actually playing, where they have empowerment from the demonic because they've gotten into it, where their lyrics have been inspired by the demonic realm, I'm saying absolutely yes. You can become influenced. You can become affected. And I think long enough, strong enough, you can be really drawn, you know, captivated. And and I think you can eventually you can begin to open doors to where the demonic realm begins to, um, you know, this we call it satanic synchronicity, where he begins to draw you in, lead you into other stuff, lead you into deeper stuff, leads you to get into some occult practices, leads you to read Aleister Crowley. And some of the occult books, and and becoming and begin, you know, because every practitioner began somewhere, and True. and so it it's very important now. Now I love First Peter chapter one, where we're told that we are guarded. The Greek word means shielded by God's power through faith in Christ. But we don't play games. Anything we do, like like in all of our research, we've done, we've and even in law enforcement when we had to, uh, reading the underground books of shadows and, and underground confiscated materials. Um, and researching their side of stuff, it's really ugly. And you got to be really careful. You can't do it as entertainment. You can't do it as just um, you're thinking about something. There's a few times I've read some book underground books that I think were doctrines of demons. I literally had to pray off, and I think ultimately you just need to burn. Uh, wow. Ultimately. <laughs> doctrines of demons. I, I mean, that, that's, that's pretty powerful yeah, and imagine just—well, imagine just having a book like that on your shelf or, or reading that. 
being unaware. No, I've come across books like that where, you know, at first I thought it was a, a, a cult type teaching, uh, or theology where it ended up not being uh, a cult theology, just a very well explained or explained differently in a different time with different, uh, style of language and writing. And then there are those that you think are, are books that are, um, you know, about the Lord and, and the truth or, uh, insight that somebody, some author received that turn out to be the actual occult theology books, just like what Russ is talking about. So Russ, we got a, an interesting email here, um, from a Kathy. She says this, um, police find satanic ritual dungeon in Chicago Chuck E. Cheese basement. Mm-hmm. And she says, just saw this on Twitter from now. 8news.com they found the skeletal remains of four teenagers in the basement right um, yeah we checked it out uh, for as far as we found now that it's a false report false news site okay. not that it doesn't now I listen I have thousands of files downstairs we have a crime lab I have thousands and thousands of files from law enforcement of just that kind of thing though uh, so when you get one of these false ones going out there and people see it, then it really kind of, you know, whether somebody put it out there, and per, you know, why would anybody do that? So what we need to do is, you know, and like we've done, you know, sometimes we've gone clear, like we went to Indiana that one time when the spirits were in the house and the kids were crawling up the walls. And so we, we actually took our team down there and engaged that. Um, I don't know about this place, um, Snopes, others, um, and I don't even know about them any longer. I don't even know about them any longer, truthfully. But everything we've been shown is, is at this point told us that it's a fictitious story. Right. Now, the question is, is it a fictitious story or is somebody wanting us to believe it? So that's where when we, we, when we do research, like you understand, I mean, you know this as, a, as an investigator. Uh, and I believe the Spirit of God, the hand of God can help us in investigations. We want verification. You know, God even speaks about, like with the Ezekiel chapter 8, there was a real underground coven, real underground Satanism, a Luciferianism, real underground human sacrifice. And look what God did. Ezekiel didn't know about it at first. But he was willing, and God took him in and showed him exactly what was there. So we are really committed to verification from the very beginning in 1979, 70, in 1980, when we be, when we began to deal with satanic rituals and, and individuals and, and actual uh, human sacrifice. When we heard the stories, we formed the team that I have now. We formed back then, which was we would decide in prayer and asking God to help us what these people are telling us, we're going to go out there and we're going to visit the sites, we're going to visit the places, we're going to run down the names, we're going to, you know, so we're going to, we want to verify, so we've learned to be able to verify what's true, what's not. The concept of that would be absolutely true. I can tell you about, again, many other cases. I've got, uh, when we were in law enforcement, Ropata and occult crime advanced, I've got and, and maybe someday we can sit down and we have some time, whether you want to do this or not. I've got law enforcement, police academy, hundreds of slides of ritual crime. Just exactly what that's talking about, but the real stuff that's provable. So whether it actually did or didn't occur, people are, you know, across the board now saying it was a fictitious report from a fictitious news. You know, it doesn't even exist. Um, so I would say just hunt it down, but but either way, the the concept of it is real. Uh, exactly. We've got slides and slides and police academy slides and, and files and pictures and like like for example Jeffrey Dahmer. 
You know, those everybody hears about Jeffrey Dahmer. I know we said this before, but, every, you know, everybody heard Jeffrey Dahmer did this stuff, sexual stuff to these kids and did all this weird stuff. Well, the, here's the truth. Jeffrey Dahmer was an SRA, satanic ritual abuse person. He had multiple personality disorder. He had a human, he had a, um, he had a satanic alt, uh, altar built in his apartment there in, in, in Wisconsin, built out of a human thigh bones. He had a power cone, which is a triangle-shaped thing, built out of human skulls. He was deeply into conjuring spirits, deeply guided by demons. Did that come out in the documentary? No. Did that come out? Where did I see it? In a law enforcement training in Geneva at DevTech. I saw the actual law enforcement crime books, the pictures. Um, the law enforcement agents brought it in. And, uh, and, and what they say... Doug and Joe and all of the Academy stuff on the satanic rituals don't tell the public because it'll create a panic. Um, I say the opposite. Tell, educate the public so they know what is true, what is not true, what signs and symbols and things mean. If you've got two hooves of a deer, you know, in your front yard, if you've got a head of a goat put on your, you know, your car's hood, if you've got a satanic uh, pentagram or do you have a wicked pinnacle, um, this is why I think education to know the difference is, is, is a good thing to know the difference. So that you, you be, you're, again, there's that idea of awareness. Rejection yeah, of it. Yeah, you better know what it means, um, sure. because how do you how do you fight against it if you don't know precisely what it means? Well, to the even in Ephesians, about. right? Ephesians five, where all Christians are commanded to expose evil deeds of darkness. You can't expose what you don't know. I can there expose underground Satanism, traditional Satanism, non-traditional Satanism, popular Satanism, psycho Satanism, like Richard Ramirez. Ramirez. There's different styles of it. We can we can expose. But that means, as a researcher, never participation. Utter, you know, we stand in opposition, red-hot opposition against that presence and uh, pray that stuff down. Um, that, you know, th this is where you're either a David going to the field to fight the Goliath, you know, the satanic side of things, um, and, and know, you, you know, again, when you know whom you have believed and you know the Savior, Psalm 91, guards you, protects you, but also tells you, to not only have, but you, you know, you you got to use the authority. Um, mm. You got to you have to put on the God doesn't put the armor on for you. The Holy Spirit in the Word tells us you put this on the full armor of God on, and then you'll be able to stand and you'll be in the power and the might and the strength of God. So that's that's vital for all of us. But it's but the fact is um, the story. It sounds real when I first saw it last week, and two or three, or four others sent it. Somebody else sent it to me new today. Um, it sounds extremely real, like many of the other cases. I did a little checking. Others put up stuff that said that they they found out that it was a false story. Um, but the best thing to do is if I maybe I call a police captain that we have as an advisor and have him contact local local law enforcement to say one way or the other. Um, uh, so. I'm not sure about the actual if it if it's real, but I am sure that the content could be real. Understood. All right, Russ. We've got many, many, many emails from people. Um, I'll just kind of combine this in, into a single question, and, and there's very variations and variants of this. But here's the bottom line. Uh, it appears that many people, and I've I've got one email here from uh, from the UK, one from Canada, several from the United States. Seems like 
people are seeing, especially at night, or witnessing some sort of invasion into their home, a presence, somebody by their bed, you know, not necessarily uh, fully formed, but a shape, uh, you know, doing anything from walking by to attempting to take the person out of bed. What is going on with this? I mean, again, there are a lot of variants here. And it seems to be happening more and more, according to the, at least based on the emails we're getting. Sure, and and this 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 is what we, I've seen on the, on the field, you know, like coming to the offices and and dealing with people. From the '80s on, the the numbers locally, the numbers in a regional area have grown. Where we're called in to come because something came into my son's room, something came into my room, something pinned me down, something paralyzed. I couldn't speak. Um, here's here's the assessment I can give. When we really looked into it, we've done a series on it uh, since we've written on it. Uh, we've dealt with a lot because, again, the Bible predicts in the end of days more demons will be here to engage than ever in history. They're actually going to be doing, you know, all the things we read about in First Timothy four one with of Second uh, Thessalonians two, um, everything we read in Revelation. There's just, there's just going to be more. That's why we have an end of days. That's why there's so much of this. So the psychs have called this sleep paralysis. One book author called it dark intrusions, which I agree with that term. Uh, what we have, um, the psychs have said, well, this is um, the, the chemicals in your body that are all of a sudden in the middle of the night, they just kind of rearrange and get together and play a trick on you and make you feel like there's something in the room, something holding you down. Therefore, what you need is medication to calm this down. Okay. Um, I think they're uh, deadly wrong because I don't think your chemicals are intelligent beings uh, arranging together a plot on you. Uh, I believe that demons, and here's the reasons why, in the world of satanic ritual abuse, if we're even nearly correct of, uh, let's just even say 20 million, practitioners that are summoning demons and releasing them. We have millions of astral projectors who have demons on them that are projecting into places. A lot of Christians are going to have a hard time with this, but the truth is, this is true. All satanic ritual abuse people can do this. A lot of New Agers can do this. All the remote viewers, now we're into the third generation of remote viewers now. From the military on, we're out. All of them can have, can visit, can engage. So here's what I'm saying. Now I believe on a worldwide scale, there are now probably millions who are having an experience of being in a room. Maybe to the right of the, it seems like a shadow went by. Something went by, like that guy in Job, where he says, "A, a spirit glided past my face. My hair, you know, basically hair stood on. You know, the, the experience that's spoken about in Job is exactly what we're talking about." Um, a real entity enters the room. Uh, so we'll talk about the reality and the why. But the reality is, yeah, they're here. I want to say very clearly that this this will happen more and more and more and more and more. Something comes into the room, little by little. Eventually, you know, you lay down, you think, you don't, you know, something comes by. Pretty soon, a person will say, well, "I felt like my bed, something sat on my bed." Well, then later on, I felt like something was on my chest, pressing me down uh, to the point of. And the ultimate goal. So I'll bring that down to the ultimate. The ultimate goal is to kind of paralyze and fear a person, uh, to subjugate them into passivity. Two things that has not been highly reported and very little bit written about, but everybody that we've dealt with confesses it. They, The spirits and the demons will go after trying to engage sexually or trying to pull them out of their body. 
in counterfeit to Paul going out of his body, Ezekiel going out of his body, John and the Alpet going out of his body. Instead of the Spirit of God doing that to bring, bring biblical revelation, the counterfeit is there. Um, and and um, what's happening is you know, a lot of people that don't even know what to do, don't. I mean, they don't know what to do. It goes on and goes on. And I could tell you, again, of case after case, and we don't have, probably have time tonight, of um, the issue of sex with demons, incubus, succubus, and that whole issue. Um, that's that's bigger and broader than ever. We've done a lot of deliverance work with people in that issue too. Um, but Doug and Joe, this is uh, this is the Bible warned us. The Bible has specifically told us we should be as Christians ahead of the game instead of behind. We should be at the cutting edge instead of the uh, dullness that we see. Um, more spirits operative in so many ways. Uh, but it's the same awareness, uh, alertness, authority, armor, and action that we need to have out there that deals with all of it. So, yeah, I'm going to tell your friends that have written in. I've gotten the same letters from all over the world. Uh, we've dealt with this at every every conference. And here's the, the key, too. Conferences out in, like when we were out in... Um, we were out in Colorado or in Orlando or in Texas or wherever we've been, Chicago. I've asked the question, how many believers have experienced this? Now, when I see a third of the hands go up, that's pretty alarming. And two things, a lot of believers are afraid to say anything about it because they don't want to be made fun of or a pastor or somebody say, oh, you know, don't worry about that, you know, just that's nothing. But it keeps happening. Um, no, what we need to do is know our authority and know that it's demonic intrusion, and we need to rebuke it and command it, and never to come, you know, and deal with it. Now, in this process, two things I will say: it does happen, and authority in Jesus asking Jesus to deliver you and commanding and speaking right against it, commanding it, get out of here and never come back, and you know, taking your authority against it, resisting it, is where the victory is going to be found, and freedom is going to be found. But I would also pray, Lord, give me insight. Why is it here? You know, if you're not giving any, in other words, the house you used to live in, did they do rituals in the basement? Did they do Wicca, you know, candle magic? Uh, you know, was there something done there? Would somebody come into your house and set something up? Uh, is it a neighbor who knows how to conjure spirits and target you and send them? See, we're going to get into, and I haven't written on this particularly yet. It'll come out shortly. I've spoken on it. Uh, the summoning of demons and sending them against Christians, you know, that's that's where they open the doors and we can feel more effect. Or when astral projection occurs. I attribute sleep paralysis or these dark intrusions to the numbers of spirits that are here now, the rise of those who ha know how to be demonically empowered and go out of their body in a sense and, and visit. And then I also say summoning and sending demons it may be no fault of the Christian whatsoever. You've given no doorway. The Holy Spirit has shown you there's no doorway you've opened up. Well, either way, no matter what, first of all, re re renounce them, rebuke them, command them out, take your stand, and you'll find your victory. But if you could have the Spirit of God give you insight where it's coming from, or say, Lord, if you, if you have a real sense from the Lord that it's somebody doing something, Lord, visit them, deal with them. Uh, go engage them. Deliver me from, like it says in First, uh, First, uh, Second, uh, Second, Second Thessalonians, when when Paul is saying uh, he's asking for prayer that they be delivered from evil and wicked men, not just demons, but even a wicked, wicked people. Voodoo practitioners can can summon spirits and send them. 
soaking those in Santeria, Palo Mayombi, the uh, whole drug trade from Mexico, the whole drug trade is immersed in Santi Muerte, the saint of death, in the summoning, cutting out of hearts and ritual sacrifice and summoning demons. Um, the fact is, more demons will be engaging than ever, and you and I who have authority can walk around with a great... And this is where we can demonstrate the light of Christ, the truth of Christ, the compassion of Christ, better than ever. The darker it gets, the brighter we should shine. Wow. Wow. What a wonderful program tonight, Russ. I mean, you have imparted so much information and answered so many people directly, indirectly through us and and directly through the questions. It's just it's just amazing. We have about, well, we have a few minutes left, but in closing, I mean, I've, and we don't mean to take your... Uh, take your last bit of energy here because I know you, you've, you've been in a long day and of course your own radio broadcast but in closing is there anything that you'd like to like to address and, and you know to, to the to the listeners here because we have so many listeners right now again from all over the world so anything that you'd like to add or uh, close with it, it's up to you brother Sure, I'd just like to say quickly, first of all, thank you, uh, Doug and Joe, and we pray that God continue to shield you, bless you, and continue to bring uh, everybody in to do do what you're doing, because it's 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 really striking millions, uh, and really helpful. I'm glad for tonight, um, prayed it up tonight concerning this, and, and I'm glad for the folks. Listen, I, when I get behind the microphone, and I, I, all I can tell you is this, I kind of like, in my heart of hearts, it's like I feel the folks that I speak to. Um, cause I hear from so many of them, and I know you do, and those who have asked questions tonight, wherever you are in the world, the factors are the same. It's all becoming global now. Just like in technology and all the rest of this, um, it's, spiritually, it's all becoming global. In, 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 in Revelation 12, uh, Satan is after the sum total of the world. He's gonna to come to lead the whole world astray. So, uh, the spiritual battles will be more and heat up. But what we have in Christ, no matter how deep and dark and broad and wide the enemy comes, it never surpasses what we actually have in Christ. So I only encourage every believer to become strong in the Lord, strong in the knowledge of the Word of God, very clear with your awareness, your alertness, your use, uh, appropriation and use of authority, having the armor on, being a great soul winner. If you become like Stephen, or if, I'm sorry, Philip in Acts chapter 8, Look at that young believer. He's a young second-generation believer that had, he's saved, he's filled with the Spirit, he's got authority, he's got armor, and he goes into a demonized city to deal with everything. Look what he was able to do. I believe there could be millions of believers just like that. Uh, in in the dark uh, um, apartment complexes, in the crowded areas, in the city places, and we've lived in all. No matter where we've gone, we've just learned that, that Jesus promised He would be with us always to the very end of the age. Matthew twenty eight. And so I encourage you, and I just want to acknowledge that in forty years, Jesus has never left me. He's on the field with us. He guides us. He gives us the confidence. He gives us the power of the Spirit of God. We love to see people get saved, healed, delivered, helped, encouraged. Uh, um, and we've learned not to be afraid of the battle. Um, we've learned that, you know, there's nothing, there's really, really to renounce uh, any of the fear issues and to, and to launch out in faith and to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus to accomplish great things in evangelism, uh, in reaching people. Um, I just encourage you. 
that uh, the, what the world needs is powerful believers that can that can let Christ live in them and through them and uh, reach out to others all around. And I pray right now that God would grant extraordinary miracles. And uh, if you don't know the living Christ, the Word of God says, Whosoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can turn to Jesus now. You can repent and turn to Him and ask Him to come into your life, the Spirit of God to come into your life. You can believe upon Him and receive Him. As a believer, you can surrender completely to the Lord tonight and uh, and yield yourself to become a strong... Because God wills for you to be strong and uh, experience victory. And to bear fruit, I give you John's Gospel, chapter 15, to read tonight. And uh, just pray God's blessing on all listeners and God's empowerment and God's uh, work, whatever it is you may need tonight. May Jesus uh, minister to you tonight. Doug and Joe, thank you so much. God bless you, Russ. Thank, thank you, you, Russ. And we, were, we are <laughs> going to keep you in our prayers, and we're going to ask our audience to keep you in their, in their prayers as well as you yeah. are on the front lines battling uh, these uh, evil demonic entities on a regular basis. You do need the prayer and support, and we ask our listeners to to keep you uh, uplifted in prayer as well as as us. Amen. Appreciate that. Thank God you. bless you, my friend. We'll we'll talk Thank soon. Thank you. Now. Good night. And uh, all right, folks. That was Russ Dizdar, Shatter the Darkness dot net. What a wonderful, uh, what a great man. And, and I, again, he yeah, this is fourth hour of radio today. Exactly, you know, and uh, a, a strong guy. But but I'll tell you, he still needs our prayers. He and his team actively working to fight the evil that is out there. Um, in closing for tonight's program, I just Joe, I just want to remind everyone, um, I, we. Uh, collectively and individually, both Joe and I, and, and uh, looking at things, uh, we're very concerned about a number of issues here domestically, as well as geopolitically. Domestically, the uh, the economy, of course. Yeah. We're watching that, we're watching um, the the situation with with uh, uh, Justice Scalia, and uh, another video is coming. And if you go to HagmanHagman.com, click on the link to the YouTube channel, and take a look at the video. That are out there. Uh, one about uh, Ant- uh, Anton uh, Justice Scalia, uh, his death, and of course the other one um, about the uh, geopolitical situation in Syria, as well as the four minute uh, College of Knowledge four minute module that explains if you have any questions about you know the, the Supreme Court. But coming. After this and perhaps tomorrow will be a video that will explain which cases are, are before the Supreme Court right now, recess appointments and such. But uh, share this information with others, please. Do There's that. A, a good article on InfoWars about this, well, about, um, you know, what they think Obama is going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that the court can now vote even without a replacement of Scalia. Oh, to radically yeah. change the U.S. of A. Scalia's death means the Supreme Court is now very likely to rubber stamp Obama's unconstitutional amnesty orders, as well as tear down Republican-drawn districts in many states, including North Carolina, and take deep left turns on abortion, gun rights, and anything else liberals have deemed or dreamed of. Scalia was a solid vote against Obama's immigration orders to be decided by April of this year. Uh, and they go on to say, and and going back to the uh, standard operating procedure and how this was not followed. Um, exactly. Uh, they say uh, other officials questioned why there were not plans for an autopsy to be performed on Scalia's body. 
Uh, it had been quickly embalmed, a process that would destroy toxicity evidence or toxicology evidence without being, <coughs> or after being escorted, right. escorted to the funeral home. Um, now, that's a state law. However, in Texas, before a body can be shipped out of the state, it must be embalmed. However, the decision to ship the body out of the state based on this non-issue of the death scene, that's where the problem exists. Go ahead, Joe. Folks, for all of us here at the Hagman and Hagman Studios, we want to say thank you to Rest Isdar, to our listening audience, to Rhonda, JD, Eric, and all the rest of you guys out there. God bless you. We'll see you back here tomorrow with Steve Quayle and Gary Haven, followed and, by uh, Stan Dale. And may God richly bless each and every one of you. Remember to saddle for battle. We have left the building. This is the Global Star Radio Network.